0: yeah
1: how you doing
2: good how are you
1: (laughs) i like to ambush people and call them and uh talk to them about the film stuff on the uh, classroom
0: that's actually a brilliant idea although terrifying
1: yeah i think off the cuff yeah see the thing is off the cuff kind of conversations are kind of weird right
0: that's true but you know what if if we would have planned this it would have taken a million years to put together why is
1: that why does that always happen? I thought about that for a second, right? Like, <laughs> anytime anybody, anytime anybody tries to make anything,
0: yeah. But if you just like, do it, then it's yeah, like, yeah, you
1: just have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, do just it. jump into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> reckless. <laughs> I'm sure people want to hear. <laughs> but yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten you on the podcast. You're my longest and uh, dearest cinematographer for my uh-huh. own projects. So, well, uh, Lizette and I were just talking about the uh, uh, the valley. And yeah. uh, I was like, oh, my God. Poor Natalie. She had to carry <laughs> heavy, heavy 35 millimeter cameras.
0: No, are you kidding oh. me? I loved it. That was like a uh, dream come
1: true.
2: Oh, my it God.
0: Was, it was just like the coolest experience for me because, I mean, you know, film like before and you were just like hey come dp my project and i was like um that's a terrible idea i know nothing, <laughs> i know nothing about film and you were Wait, like do you, yeah
1: do you remember what i mean we met on benny set but do you remember which did you start on 16 or did you start on 35
0: i think the first time i think it was on 16
1: okay but i'm it, trying to remember yeah, which, sure. epi- which episode it was because it's all a blur to me now.
0: I know. I actually, I would have to look back at pictures because I forget.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Because it's been a long time. I didn't realize it was like the first episode we ever did was about five, six years ago.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's wow. A, that's
1: a long. That's a long time, and Benny's project was longer than that.
2: I, I don't believe. Feel it. Like-
1: so um, I wanted to ask also, like, uh, how did you get your start in the, uh, in the business?
0: Um, well, I, I went to film school at Loyola Marymount University. Go um, line. <laughs> <but> I <didn't, laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I didn't go to LMU knowing that I wanted to do film. I just went in undecided because I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I always had this passion for photography and psychology I just knew that Whoa. photography was like a hobby or at least that's okay. what everyone told me. And then psychology, I got terrible grades in psychology. I got like C's. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I can't major in psychology because uh, I get terrible grades in it. Um, and so I, you know, started my freshman year and I saw all these kids running around with like cameras and like you know like film gear and stuff and I was like that looks cool and that was really the first time I learned about like film as a career.
1: So you didn't start in high school that didn't um that didn't even trigger your your thought process like you didn't you know like a lot of people starting out they knew you know they picked up a super eight or they picked up a high eight or some sort of video camera none of that was in uh yeah, in no. your wheelhouse yet?
0: no I mean it was one of those things where once I got into film then I looked back and like I had made films for school projects but I didn't think anything of it like I just thought oh like you know this is like photography it's just a hobby I learned on you know I got an iMac or a uh, Apple computer and I played around with iMovie but it did not like come across my mind at all that this was a career I had Never questioned how movies got made.
2: <laughs> like, yeah,
1: just, I had no idea. <laughs> they just made. Yeah, they just made themselves. Yeah, yeah.
0: like they were just <laughs> entertainment. I don't know. They were just on the TV all the time, and I yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Um, and then
1: did you? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say it wasn't until well, I got I uh, applied into the film school, got in, and I remember I think it was that year or close around there um black swan came out and black swan was the first movie i ever saw and had known about like the special effects going on like how they had um matted uh, natalie portman's face on someone else's, dance- yeah. Yeah, someone else's body and i was like what and i was like <laughs> that was mind-blowing to me I was like, this is a
2: thing like
1: i, I can't um, believe it like yeah it was like I gotta say, like even now, looking because I, uh, I kind of I was late to the Black Swan party. (laughs) Um, I actually saw Black Swan just recently, and I was like, Oh, nice! Oh, I didn't know Natalie. I didn't know Natalie Portman could dance. And then I realized, and then I saw the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I was like, Oh, hell no! They matted her face, and I was like, Oh, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Was that the movie that really got you into wanting to make movies?
0: um i guess so yeah like i had always been with like i mean i did not grow up watching movies really at all i watched some tv (laughs) um (laughs) but like my parents like they didn't make us watch like classic movies or anything like when i started taking film classes and they would put on all these like you know films and um I just would like fall asleep because I wasn't used to.
1: <laughs>
2: I wasn't used to watching them.
1: <laughs> no, this is a like... great perspective. This is an <laughs> incredible perspective because I have yet to talk to anyone who didn't have a that really deep film, uh, film. What do you call that? Archival, you yeah. know, background, which is incredible. Like, because you're, you know, you're you kind of pursued it after you know, you, you were growing up and you still found it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it is a different perspective. I know when I went to film school, I started meeting all these people who, like you said, had this, um, you know, their parents had instilled in them this love of classic film and they appreciated all of the aspects of it. And I was like, Whoa, this, (laughs) this is all brand new to me. And,
1: (laughs) um, Meanwhile, you're asleep in class watching, uh, you know, Sunset Boulevard. (laughs) yeah <laughs>
0: yeah. I had no idea I seriously thought like black and white films hey, were just yeah
1: can I can I be honest with you yeah I fell asleep too oh, okay <laughs> I really I was like why are we watching sunrise this is so boring yeah like, I'm like doing? it moves
0: so slow like where's the yeah. music where's the la- you know where's yeah. the information?
1: Like, where's the color yeah where's the color?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: because yeah because we can be too precious about those sort of you know, film nerds are totally um, very precious when it comes to um, the history of cinema. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, after, okay. So then, you're you got into the film program at LMU, and you had to make three movies. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I think we had to make one movie every year. Well, <sighs> right. Oh my gosh, that was my in the
1: first. <laughs> and the first. And, Your dog hates me, by the way, and she can hear me from the, from <laughs> she's the
0: like, phone. Mom, you're me. not paying attention to me right now.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, no. um, yeah. So, the first movie you had to make without sound. So you had to tell a story. Yes. Without dialogue, correct. Without
0: dialogue, yes.
1: Okay. So, um, what did you did you have to do it on film or did you have to do it on digital?
0: No, when I was in film school, they stopped like film teaching film was not a requirement anymore. It was like a an elective you could take in your third or fourth year. Okay. So they gave us a digital camera. I forget what it was. Probably some, some Canon.
2: Canon 5D. Yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. And um, yeah, I figured out like my story. My story was like these two roommates who come together who have a, like they are judging each other. Like one was like really, you know, preppy, like lots of pink, fluffy stuff and the other one was like rocker chick and like they didn't like each other and they like created this visual barrier in between each other and then um i used like music to kind of play around with it
2: oh i like that
0: so like one of them had like call me maybe and one of them had like a rocker song
1: oh i remember that song
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, And then, like, the songs would clash. But in the end, they both find out that each other had lost a parent. And so um, they, like, had picture frames, which I know is, like, that was technically cheating. You're not supposed to, like, put a picture.
1: (laughs) Right. In
2: those videos. Wait, really?
0: Yeah, because, like, um, well, some teachers, they were really strict. And they said you can't use, like, a picture to help tell the story because that's, like, that's,
1: like, you know, putting words on screen almost. Right. So, um, I had, in my class, I graduated in the master's program at Loyola Marymount, and um, one of my friends, and still friends today, uh, he really cheated. You want to talk about cheating. He It was an elevator drama, and the power goes out in the elevator, and he had a you know voiceover during the blackout. I'm like, that is terrible.
2: Oh, nice. He like,
1: <laughs> completely got past the... Yeah, so bad. I mean, that's when
0: the that's <laughs> kind of terrible, good effort, actually.
1: Ah, but it's totally cheating.
0: I know it's totally cheating. I would have guessed. Yeah, <laughs> the, ex- the exercise,
1: the exercise is to tell a story with images, right? Moving mm-hmm. images. Yeah, and that's why I'm like surprised that they got shitty with you when, um, when they when you were able to put a picture in there because how else are you supposed to? I mean that's still a picture, you know? Yeah. It's not like it says, you know, maybe it did, I don't know, but it doesn't say like, you know, uh Esther R. I p, you know, like right (laughs) mother of
0: to be fair. It might have said that, I kind of forget.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It's been so
0: long. I know it was a picture of like, yeah, one girl and her mom and one girl and her dad, and but I made it somehow show that it's like okay, they're not there anymore. Right. Thing. But luckily I didn't have the strict teacher who was against photos, so mine passed, but
1: okay. Um, so you had to screen it at the end of the year, yeah. So yep. you had to uh everybody in the audience watch it.
0: Yep. I mean I think the, the first two years, I think it was just like you screen it in front of your class, but then the your final two years, your uh junior and senior year, you screen it in front of everyone.
1: Yeah, which I remember is, that.
0: Terrifying oh.
1: Like oh have, yeah. Like, and then you have to go up, you have to go up front and explain yourself.
0: Yeah. And the like
1: shooting gallery and yeah. get
0: criticism from like yeah. people who are trying to, you know, tear you down.
1: Oh yeah. Do you have, oh. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So did you have anybody, <laughs> you have anybody flip out? Um, I mean, we had one guy flip out. It was funny.
0: I, okay. <laughs> I just, so in the early years, I forget because there were so many you know small projects here and there but my senior thesis was actually a musical because i love musicals and i figured you know i might as well do one now let's go big or go home um i'm also not a director so i was like if i'm gonna direct anything like i'm just gonna yeah do it once and for final (laughs) Like never again, you know,
1: this is it. Yeah,
0: this is it. So I'm going to do a musical and I, and I put myself in the musical. I, I danced in like the final finale song, um, <laughs> but it was a, it's called a guy's musical because I wanted, I wanted guys to be interested in watching it because every guy I know is like musicals are for girls. And I'm like, Oh, no, they're not. Like every <laughs> Disney movie is a musical and you like Disney, right? See, guys can like musicals, too. So I wrote a guy's musical, which was about this guy who goes on a search to figure out what manhood means um, in a musical form. And I don't remember. there There was, like, some comments and stuff at the end during the screening, but nothing too terrible.
1: So did you have to write – you had to write the music, too.
0: I did. That was actually all, like – by chance kind of um, so I wrote like this script and originally I wanted to use music that was already created by a band called fun they're the mm-hmm. ones that did like some nights and um, some other songs but I really loved them and I had a connection at oh shoot I think it was Sony music Sony ATV music or something so I actually reached out to the band to try and ask permission to use their music and I had five songs and they weren't the famous songs it wasn't the ones that were on the radio and i got a response back from them they said i could use one song for $60,000
1: oh god
0: and i was like no oh. <laughs> <laughs> what am i going to do and, right
1: that's not fun
0: no i was like who do you think i am like yeah. i'd be poor for like another 20 years like yeah i'm just because of school like I don't even know <laughs> how, <laughs> like, to me, that was just like the most insane amount of money. So I was like, obviously no. Um, so, you know, I researched all my options to see if I could do a cover of the music or whatever. And finally I reached out to one of my composers, um, the year before my senior year, I studied abroad in Germany and we, um, collaborated with a music, uh, composition Academy out there called music cube. And, um, I had reached out to my composer and I was like, Hey, Lars, what are you up to? And he was like, Oh, you know what? This is crazy timing, but I need a project for my senior thesis. So can I use your project? And I was like, yes. Can you make the music for my project? Oh,
2: so, Wow. it ended Serendipitous. Up, yes.
0: Yeah. It ended up being the most perfect thing. So he, um, he used the music as his senior thesis, which, you know, he passed and the music was incredible. And I, I, wrote down like temp lyrics. I was like, "Please change them. These are so dumb. Please change them." <laughs> but then he made music around the lyrics that I wrote, and I was like, "Oh, they don't sound that bad." Like, I mean, <laughs> looking back, they still sound so stupid. <laughs> it's really embarrassing.
1: <laughs> so you'll never show your thesis ever again. <laughs> I got to see it now.
0: I'll show it to you. I have it on Okay, screen. cool. I think it's I think it's um public I finally got over myself and just made it public yeah
1: well that's typically how it works right where you have to have this I was talking to somebody at work today about that where you have to have distance uh from your project in order to appreciate what you actually accomplished Yeah. you know obviously you're not going to appreciate it as much as somebody who just stumbles across it you know
0: yeah definitely and it was really cool because I've always been—I've always gravitated towards like musicals. I love like La La Land. I loved Glee. Um, yeah, Hamilton. Obviously, I you know that one's
1: like a new one. I'm, Not, like, I'm curious one. about your take on West Side Story.
0: I haven't seen it yet. I'm so excited to yeah. see it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I saw it. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I can't wait. Pure. It feels like pure art. Oh, that's
0: um, so cool.
1: Hurry up and watch it because <laughs> they may pull it from the theater. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because. I'll
0: tomorrow or
1: because uh yeah i kind of it kind of financially took a, <gasps> oh, a dive no. yeah
0: okay i'm gonna go back yeah, tickets
1: i was really surprised because it didn't seem like any they didn't promote it that well i guess
0: yeah it, just it didn't like sort of, it was uh, for too long
1: or yeah it wasn't I, like- I i kind of as soon as i saw spielberg was remaking it i don't have any ties to the original Um, so it was nice to see, but more importantly, when I looked at the images, I know they shot it on film and, um, I was really, really happy because we don't see hard light as much anymore.
2: Mm. in movies.
1: And I was so excited to see hard light.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I went there and I'm pretty
1: sure, I'm pretty sure most of the songs went over my head and all (laughs) that, all the storylines whatever. Uh, and I was like, Oh, hard light. Thank you. You know, it's like, something about the way that hard light looks makes it has a um, a magical feel and yet kind of kind of this is a bad word to use for it, but kind of phony looking, but that's how Hollywood felt, you know
2: yeah yeah and
1: I, I kind of miss Hollywood. Everything nowadays is so dark and so realistic right? Um, that is painful to uh, to kind of go through. So once you finished with film school, and you screened it, and you graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, where from that point?
0: Well, from there, it was like the wild, wild west. It was like, okay, let's figure out how <laughs> to make a living doing this. Um,
2: okay.
0: And I went freelance. I went freelance on and off for a couple of years. So I would go like freelance for a year, and then I would get a job somewhere to like replenish my money. And then I would go freelance for a year and spend all my money and then go back and forth. Yeah. Um but I was really fortunate that I from actually from my musical like I had three main actors and my producer and a couple other crew who were on we became like the best of friends and after graduating we worked on like a number of web series together short films just really like anything we could do like every weekend we would be filming something, um, you know, seeing what we could create together. So that was super cool because I, that really allowed me to practice a lot, like DP everything. I was fortunately the only DP in the group. Everyone else was like actors or producer, writer, directors. And so um, yeah, we just had a blast being kids you know, running around. I literally couch surfed for like a year, would just like go from oh. friend's couch to friend's couch, and just had, you know, my camera and a couple lights. And, um, you know, if someone let me borrow a piece of equipment like a red or something, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I drive like you know three hours away to go pick up this red, and then drive <laughs> three hours, you know, at two in the morning to go drop it off before they needed it the next day. So, wow, uh, yeah, it was very like. Uh, whatever it takes, you know, like that's, that was my mentality. Like whatever it takes, like we'll, we'll do it. Um, so yeah. So that was, uh, that went on for a few years and then like all my friends got real jobs. Um, director (laughs) producers all landed at, you know, studios and, um, Mm. uh, some of the writers got, you know, uh, Gigs on shows, which is awesome.
2: That is great. Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, so then the last few years, I actually have teamed up with um, another one of my uh, classmates from LMU. Her name's Meredith Yinger, and together we started our own production company as a way to. Um, create opportunities for ourselves to for her to be able to direct and produce everything that we um, create together and then for me to to produce and DP everything that we create together and that has been super awesome I mean it's we've now gotten to a place where we have steady client work which you know keeps us busy allows us to try and um, you know challenges ourselves to find fun ways to film maybe not so fun
1: things <laughs> uh right. like you know. i mean yeah anything to pay the pay the you know the dues and the rent exactly. and everything else yeah no i but then in then, this case the mortgage but
0: yes yeah. exactly but then at the same time we have you know a feature documentary that we shot and we're in post-production for now we have a tv pilot that we shot and we are pitching around town now and um, we're in the middle of another web series. So we we definitely get to do like the fun stuff too. Not as often, but uh, we definitely work it in there because we, we go stir crazy with some of the corporate work all the time.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that it, you know, just talking and seeing what you're putting together. A lot of it is the kind of dry stuff that most of the times people who work in this industry kind of ignore
2: Mm -hmm. you know uh,
1: the the paperwork the heavy paperwork stuff yeah so how how did you end up on benny's shoot
0: so benny i was uh benny worked at dances with films fest and Mm -hmm. i had signed up as a volunteer i forget how or why but i signed up so i was working there and i thought it was the coolest thing ever because this was i had volunteered there for a couple years but um, at the time I was going, I was in school, I was at LMU and the festival is at the Chinese theaters on Hollywood Boulevard. And I thought it was the coolest thing that I would like, go find parking and then walk to work on Hollywood Boulevard. And I was like, this is the dream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the height while, of living. While, while a homeless guy is just vomiting. I know. The right? corner. But, you have your arms up. I had,
0: I had yeah. my um my like hollywood goggles on so i yeah. was like i was like the lights the stars like i'm going to work for free yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and watch films for free and um right. benny worked for them and so i started talking to benny and he was like yeah like you know we're just chatting and he's like oh I like you know i'm shooting on film this project of film and i was like oh how cool like you know, I never learned how to shoot on film, but that would be so awesome. And he's like, well, you should come. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah." do you mean that? I, you know, like, you know, when yeah. somebody offers something and you're like, do they mean it or do they don't? So I usually just accept if someone offers, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll come, I'll work but, for free.
1: But it was weird. <laughs> but it was weird because that works both ways, right? Yeah. So Benny Benny asked you to be on his film and it could have it could have been like you never show up, right? That's true. Cuz as you know, there's a lot of flakes in this town as well.
2: Yes. And then
1: on the flip side of that, you volunteer and Benny probably and then it becomes a a show that you know is is just really hard to get through <laughs> cuz it's like 18-hour days or whatever it is.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah
1: uh, uh, luckily it wasn't like that but like uh that's it's kind of funny that both of you guys were both like yeah, yeah. okay like there's a certain sweetness to the, the, the sort of uh don't know if that person will show up or not
0: yeah quality no that's so true like yeah. i look back at a lot of a lot of things like that like even with you like I mean, well, I met you on Benny's set, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you went to LMU? Me, too. Well, like, yeah. how long? Yeah. I was like, go Lions. Like, <laughs> like, 20 years later or something. What? Not to age you.
2: <laughs> oh. oh,
1: Lord. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's about right.
0: Um, but well, was, by
1: that time, it was only 15
0: years. But yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember you you knew my cinematography professor, Pete
1: Soto. So, oh, yes.
0: yes and so. you were like, say hi to Pete. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, it
1: was so cool. It's so funny because Pete and I are the same age and we came in at the same time and we got uh, we went through orientation together. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Back in 93, yeah. It was crazy. Oh, crazy. And then I left because I ran out of money because Loyola is not cheap. Wow. Um, and then I came back in 98 to finish master's program there.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, yeah. And by then, Pete had wasn't there at that time, so then later on, I I think i ran into him or heard about him again through you guys
2: mm. so i was like no if he's still there cool yeah so, yeah. yeah he's he
1: yeah.
0: everything i know
1: that's <laughs> awesome except he didn't except push for, film on you except kind for of, you
0: yeah. yeah i was like except for you taught me everything i know about film oh, well, and, and other things
1: here hold this camera let's go shoot something
0: yeah no, but that was I mean that was like the same thing as the whole Benny thing it was you were like, come shoot this project and I was like, that's a terrible idea like you don't know <laughs> like you don't even know me like you showed up why would you like I don't know and you were like just you I remember you said something like well there's no better way to learn than just to do it right and then I was like <laughs> I was like, you know what if this guy If he means what he said, and he's willing, and he's willing to like ruin a whole thing of (laughs) film just for me, okay,
1: or your Um, learning experience,
0: yeah, okay, like once you know what you're gonna offer,
1: yeah, I will be there.
0: I will accept, and I will, I will try my darndest
1: to do all the things. But it's so funny because you. That kind of spirit. You seem kind of fearless when it comes
2: to those things. <laughs> I think maybe,
1: <laughs>
0: maybe that is because, like, I didn't live my whole life thinking that this was actually a thing. So, like, right. I'm you know, I'm so new to it that I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have enough. I don't know enough
1: to be afraid. Yeah. Uh, that's probably better because I again I was talking to, to Eric about this because. You know, he shot a thirty-five thing recently, and for his own project. And I, I didn't want to put the fear of thirty-five into him, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Where, but at the same time, it's like you, know, you, have to know some certain limitations here. But as he put it in a conversation, you don't know what you don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a sort of fearlessness to ignorance, yes. <laughs> which is great. I mean, a lot of times that's great, right? Yeah. Um. And it's okay. and honestly, this boot camp. You know when it comes to that but i love every time we're on set together it's like it's great because i'm like hey natalie you showed up <laughs> 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 yeah cool well, okay first over here we're gonna go over here and then uh, because i okay question i thought about this this morning question for you as a dp mm-hmm. what is more important composition or lighting
0: Ooh. I mean, I don't I don't know what's more important. What do I care about more? Composition. That's a
1: that, that's a way to tell. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why I ask is because um when I was in art school, I remember this girl had just picked up a still camera. Never did photography. I'm not even sure she knew which end to look in through. Um mm-hmm. and here we are 4 years in but her compositions were just naturally great
2: mm. it didn't
1: matter if it was underexposed it didn't matter if it was i'm not saying you you know this is the right answer or anything right. i'm just saying right. like i was surprised how much composition makes more uh, more of a difference than i would even say lighting
2: mm-hmm. and also
1: um you know other technical side side of it especially motion picture mm. so in that sense i na- i almost like instinctively knew you had good compositional skills oh. like that's that's based on on taste alone you know what i mean like it didn't matter if a film camera ever touched her hands right. you know right that stuff is all like the you can learn in one day kind of thing the rest is just inherently part of your uh uh taste you know your um
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know you're not your your uh aesthetic like you just know
2: right you know,
1: and I just like that's that stuff to me is so much more important and also being able to communicate um, with other people as a cinematographer. Do you feel like you can get your ideas across um, to people like in, in collaboration? Like, do you, do you feel like um, what's the word? That, how do I describe it? Like you're able to communicate what through, you know, framing and composition through to tell the the director what you know you're kind of thinking in your head
0: yeah I think so and um I like to like draw things out a lot of times too that helps me just visually kind of put things into place um you know and make sure I'm on the right side of the 180 degree line and all that jazz but um yeah I think like that's one of the most fun parts too that I think about um, for me cinematography is, is, is that collaboration between you and the director. Cause really when you come into a scene, you watch it. And for me, I feel like, okay. So I like put myself in the scene. Like if there's two people talking, like, okay. If this scene had me actually in it, where would I be watching this go down? Okay. Oh, That's cool. So kind of like thinking like if i was like actually involved in this like where would i be and what would i focus on and what would i be looking at and you know how tunnel vision would my focus be during this conversation or would it be wide would i be more distracted and so i kind of think about it in that sense and it's really interesting um working with different directors because you realize like kind of their perspective of the world and their perspective of of a situation that's going on versus how how I see it so I don't know it's just like it's so interesting and that's I think too one of the things that makes me not as um scared going into uh like new projects because it's like well like let me just be true to myself and like see how I would shoot this and that also gives me the confidence to turn things down if I feel like you know what like I don't really, I don't really think I can do the best job with this project, um, for you know whatever it is. But yeah, it's fun.
1: Yeah, because it, it was interesting because like you know you, you hit on a really good thing to for a lot of people listening about, you know the perspective. As you're reading the script, you can see where you're standing in order to capture what you you know as you're involved in the story itself you are essentially the audience in that case.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I find like, that's a really smart way to, I never even thought about it like that. (laughs) Cause I'm always like, oh, this is the cool angle, you know? Because unfortunately I come from that sort of like watched a hundred movies growing up and I'm referencing a Scorsese or a Kubrick or something like that. Meanwhile, you're just basing it on the script alone. Right. Whereas we're trying, kind of, uh, a lot of us film people are trying to shoehorn a style into a movie that probably, why not just tell the story as it's written,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's such a great, um, what you're doing there is far more, uh, you like, that's far more useful in terms of telling a story on the script that's given rather than us trying to, you know, put cool shots in there because we <laughs> saw it in another movie. Yeah. I, um, and that, yeah.
0: And definitely, like I, I mean, like it's I, I have thought of it the other way around too, where it's like, man, I wish I did watch more movies so that I know, like, okay, what do people like seeing? What are people used to seeing? That kind right. of thing. But I, yeah, I think there's a pro and con, you know, to both sides of it. But yeah, that's something that you know keeps me. Um, going back to it over and over again, it's just like it's it's different every storyline. It's different with every actor too. Like I think the actors, you know, can
2: oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: Depending on how <laughs> they react to a scene is gonna tell me how I should react to a scene as a DP. And so,
1: well, that's very um, that's very kind of you because I I just almost completely forgot an actor was in the scene you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been so just criticized, in the, in, 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 when I was at Loyola Marymount, they were like, "Your style over substance." I was like, well, Yeah, okay, whatever." Mm-hmm. And then, like, I have such a—you know—the word isn't contempt, but it's like, mm-hmm. God, just stand there and say your damn lines.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> well, but that's I'm not, I'm what I loved about film sets, even from the first, even from the first day on Benny set. I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, everybody is taking this so much more seriously." And it's not like, okay, let's do this shot 12 times because it's digital and we have the room on the SD card. It's like, no, like, okay, action, cut, we're moving on. And it was Ryan. like, whoa. <laughs> and especially That's- then flash forward to when I was on your shoot, when you <laughs> were DP. And then I, I was like terrifying because I was like, oh my God, I'm the only person who could see the shot. And then you guys, <laughs> yeah. after a shot, you'd be like, cut. And then everyone would just look at me and they'd be like, how was was it how was it your little eyes were like puppy dog eyes like how was it and i'm like "Um, good
2: all right we're moving on
0: yeah yeah you guys were like okay but then i figured like it was one of those things too where like even if i was like shoot i don't know i don't know i just had to be like for the sake of everyone it was great right and then everyone's confident and i'm like okay,
1: yeah then we all break it all down and move on like
0: <laughs> yeah i'm like uh, i'm either going to be like in big trouble like when <laughs> tom goes to like
2: um, process all of this yeah. or yeah <laughs>
0: it'll be usable. which you have both from me so
1: <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a moment where i was just like oh god this is just unusable this is i mean, uh, not, there i don't think we ever had that moment
0: travelers view
1: oh for the steady cam shot yeah. yeah but that You know what, though? Okay, so to set up the scenario, we were in the middle of nowhere (laughs) in Fraser Park. Yes. And, uh, okay, so the sun was hitting uh, lens flaring, the the actual lens. So I had a, um, I guess, a remote tap, and I was looking at it. And to be honest, I couldn't see if it was in focus or not, so. Oh,
0: it was really hard.
2: Uh, it, yeah.
0: and they were. It was a walking shot. It
2: was a walking and shot. Yeah, there was yeah. a whip pan in yeah. the middle
0: of it, and then there was yeah. a, a punch, a zoom in, and I, or a punch in. Yeah, and I was like, um, "Good luck." And yeah, <laughs> I really the the thing that makes me really sad is I like really thought I did a good job, you know.
1: I mean, there's no. I okay, so. <laughs> i like i was never like oh okay well that i knew like for some reason it doesn't bother me like it used to and i'm not sure why maybe it's because i I don't i'm not beholden to anyone when it comes to um the final outcome right Mm -hmm. and honestly we did you weren't i and i tell this to everyone who's willing to listen to our crazy ass story out in the middle of fraser park (laughs) i go listen i i do not there's no blame at all for what happened there because I was like, I didn't even give you a chance. Because we we're shooting wide open too, right? So oh, yeah we're at like two eight, whatever. And I was like, that we didn't I didn't even give you a chance to to deal with it. And you know, that was one take. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's like, oh man, there's no, you know, that's that's not, you know, just that. But yeah, that kind of technical difficulties is uh, you know sometimes like debilitating to a lot of productions that obviously need it to be you know broadcast quality whatever but like um in the case that in our world i guess it was able to you know repair it in in a way that i think works fine you know oh yeah you did Um, a great job oh oh thanks um but wonderful oh sorry oh okay cool uh I yeah I was it's hard to tell at this point just because I've been looking at it for so long um so yeah that's the thing is like I'm always throwing things at you and I've never seen you freak out you go with it and it's not even a you know when I was shooting it was always when somebody threw something at me I was kind of like I had came with a hundred questions you know mm-hmm. which kind of made them less confident about it mm-hmm. but I've never seen you I've never seen you flip out whenever I was like, Hey, listen, we're going to shoot with an anamorphic lens. Cool. Cool. Whoa.
0: It's all an opportunity for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's cause you're so chill, that I'm like, and it's, it's just like, I feel like sets with you are different because it's like, everyone is there like for free, you know, like to just learn and, and, um, And grow and like everyone's there for the love of filmmaking like on film and it just like there's i don't know maybe there is for you or for other people but i feel like for me there's never like pressure i don't know it's just like yeah let's let's just make like whatever is the coolest thing together
1: yeah and i that that is a very unique thing though because i think a lot of people I get the pressure from a lot of people who sort of want to move, you know, have a little bit more ambition than I do, but like, you know, like there's a certain level of like, they want to impress so that they can get the next gig. And I get Mm -hmm. that. I I completely understand that. Um, So in, in the sense of like, you know, the opportunity to shoot on film, I'm sure a lot of people jump on that uh, just as a learning, um, you know, they, they like, That sort of, um, what's the, it's like the the process of, you know, okay, everybody's got to be quiet. Now you can't just, you know, run the camera for two hours and hopefully we fix it in the edit. It's like people are kind of focused when it comes to shooting on film, I think. yeah Um, And I don't know if you felt that way when, you know, we're doing our Valley episodes or, you know, especially with Travelers Fugue. Yeah. Um, But there is a family there is a family dynamic I think that came with our the, our last short film we did that I I don't think I've ever experienced yet. Like I don't know why
2: mm. I don't
1: know. It just felt like everybody was I don't know. It's hard to describe that feeling where it's like oh my god this is kind of cool. We're all everything is just moving. Maybe it was because I've been so distanced from it
0: myself, mm-hmm. but yeah,
1: you know, and I mean, getting it, back to it, it was like oh this is like film school again
0: yeah and it's, it's a good group of people it's i think like like you said there's people who get on set to just get the next job or to yeah whatever, but the the people who are on your sets are not like that like everyone is just like really cool i mean you guys are are the type of people who will go out and like just hang out and have cigars Together, (laughs) you know, like whereas everyone else in the world is like, how can I be on here for money? And it's like, you know, it's about the money, or it's about the connections, or it's about this or that. Whereas, like, I just think you, you, you set up a great atmosphere for a set that's like about the friends. It's about the people. It's about like it's not. I don't know. I feel like it's equally about hanging out and getting to know the people. Yeah. as it is making a film together maybe that's that is a that, that is
1: definitely a, a different dynamic that i never considered like i you know i keep saying like and hopefully you know it translates onto the screen but it's like we're just a bunch of friends hanging out oh and by the way we're making a movie
2: right you know? it's like, <laughs>
1: it's like that's almost secondary to the fact that we just enjoy cracking wise or just um sometimes the stress is like you know we're trying to figure out a problem collectively you know right or um you know the pressure of time money um I don't know why it wasn't as like none of it was stressing me out at all you know there were even in the the parts in uh at Fraser Park when things started to malfunction yeah um you know the stress wasn't as like what it used to be yeah uh you know no uh back in when I was younger
0: I think yeah I don't even know how to describe why it wasn't because I know like with the Fraser Park, I remember you had to like drive three hours. We were like yeah. a half back, <laughs> pick up some piece yeah. of So we were just hanging out in the forest for like three hours, but like yeah. everyone had a blast. Like everyone, <laughs> like as soon as you got back, it was like everyone was on their a game. Nobody like whined about it. Like everyone was just like, "Okay, cool, you're back. Like let's let's keep going." Right. And, yeah.
1: I. I love telling that story about, like, when I got back, the whole time I was driving back, um, I thought in my head, man, we kept just running the camera when it was malfunctioning. I was like, oh, there's a whole roll that's just, you know, messed up. Uh So I'm like, I don't want to send that to the lab. So I'm going to break it off and, you know, just throw it away. And uh, I get there, and I break – I break (laughs) – i open up the can i open up the magazine and just break it off and and there's Ilya, our steady cam off and he goes what are you doing <laughs> I, go,
0: I, also I, go, love, I love how oh. of all people he freaked out like me yeah, and yeah. Were like, okay like
1: yeah yeah okay the best part so <laughs> the best part was so i looked at the film i'm like What did we shoot on this? (laughs) Oh my. And Ellie's like, we shot some stuff on that. And I go, oh, that's right. We did that close up shot. And then you go, oh, can you close it? And you, no,
2: no,
1: no. Oh my gosh. Can you just close it? And I I don't know if you remember (laughs) saying that, but I just started laughing. And then you started laughing. And then Ilya must have thought we were like insane people.
0: Yes. <laughs> I really think he did. Like, he's like, and, people just ruined everything. And, and then you, laughing about the,
1: it. The best part, the best part was you go, ah, I didn't like those shots anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I meant, it. And, I wasn't just saying, and I, we talked about this. Like, I feel like I really didn't uh, like that close up shot. Like, you're not going to use it.
2: Yeah. So and, don't
0: stress.
1: yeah that's what you were like and i was like oh and so i just held on to that role by the way it's my dummy role now that i used to help uh teach teach uh learning loading but um (laughs) but then um sure enough when i see the dailies i saw the close-up i'm like "Eh, i didn't like that (laughs) it's like exactly how you said i was like yeah why why bother yeah
0: yeah it wasn't as good it was it was meant to be left out.
1: It was just too, yeah. It was almost like too much coverage at that point. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just like that kind of stuff happens on film sets, people, you know. Right. And it just cracks me up that uh we. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're going to come out and shoot more stuff for the Valley reboot, aren't you, Natalie? Yes, of course.
0: <laughs> you have that's going to be awesome. You have it on recording now. You have
2: my work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna have to keep you to it. This is a contract. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so when you ever get on like a film shoot and stuff, do you feel like it's, I mean, this might be a bad example, because I, um, am I'm either planning over planning or not planning at all. So um, do you ever feel like sort of pressured in terms of like, being able to cover everything we need to do per per day? Because I remember one episode we did. It was a Samantha episode where we were in the soundstage. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, (laughs) you know, you may not remember this because you didn't, I know, what's great about you is you never want me to worry. I just realized (laughs) that. So, (laughs) so I was running around crazy. Like it was raining that day. I don't know if you remember. Uh And one of the lights had gone out. So I had to use this other light. And then, um. And then uh, I was like kind of chicken with his head cut off, uh, 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 this over here, this over there. And then uh, somebody came up to me and was like, um, Natalie wants you to know like, you, if you know if uh, it's like Daylight Savings Tower and you have like an extra hour. And I just looked at them blankly like, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. I completely <laughs> forgot we had an extra hour because I thought we were an hour behind. Oh and you I don't know if you remember that, but you reminded that. you openly said to somebody like, I don't think Tom knows there's an extra hour. <laughs> <it's> like, like, <laughs> oh my god, I completely forgot. <laughs> and they came up to me and told me, I was like, Oh, oh shit. So we were actually an hour ahead.
0: Oh that's like, awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so yeah. glad I'm on top of it for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but the fact that you didn't want me to panic, you just allowed me to run around crazy.
0: Like, oh my gosh! <laughs>
1: until you didn't need me to panic, so then that information came out, which I thought was hilarious. Like I, I was like, oh my god, we're an hour, we're an hour ahead, and you know, it, it was <laughs> the most unbelievably relieved, relief feel I've I've ever had.
0: Yeah, what a gift. Um, when you, it was it an incredible game. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, like the question that I asked was, do you ever feel like pressured in terms of shooting on film? Uh, Do you feel like it's slower or faster than on on digital? Well. For narrative.
0: Okay. So to be fair, most of my film sets have been with you. I've only shot on film one other time and it wasn't with you. Okay. Uh, But I would say in general, in general, I'm pretty good at like managing my time well. Just in terms of like setting up shots and and moving to to new locations and all this stuff, um, I think the fun part about shooting with you is that we we rarely have like a like a plan that you and I discuss together going into the day. Like right. a lot of times, you plan things and then I'll maybe start thinking of things on the side. But really, it's like the day of we get together and hash it out. So it takes. A little bit longer just to figure out, okay, like, what's the best way to tell this story? Um, But that's also really fun. And I I feel like maybe that's why it's kind of like playtime when we get to shoot on film, because we really are crafting the story like then and there. And it feels very like being in the present as opposed to like when I'm shooting digital I'm planning everything down to the T. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, I know what lenses I have. Like, I never know what equipment you're going to show up with. <laughs> or, like, or like rent the day before. Like, you're like, right. hey, today we have a dolly. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So we're going to do some moving shots. Yeah. You know, like, or you're like, we're oh, shooting anamorphic. And I'm like, okay, yeah. what, what size lens? Like, you know,
2: <laughs> tell me what you want me to do. What-
1: What's funny is this is the complete opposite of what it should be because you should be off the cuff when you're shooting digital, and then more specifically planned when you're shooting on film. Yes. For yes. A reason,
2: it kind of flipped.
0: Yeah. Or you uh, today we're on 35, not 16. Oh, okay. Right, right. Is that going to match yeah, the rest that's of the time? Right. And you're like, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Huh? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I remember Um, we did that. We did that on. Uh, Uh, the Ghost of Maplewood. I remember that one where we were shooting an apartment around the corner here at where I live. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like a two-perf camera and it was on St. Patty's Day. Uh I remember that just because, you know, it was, we were shooting on St. Patty's Day for some reason. And um, I I just remember like this heavy ass camera with this really tiny lens. It was just like, okay, we're shooting 35. Wait,
0: I remember (laughs) that also. Also, to just throw in how crazy life can be when we film together, I mm-hmm. had LASIK three days oh, that's before right. shoot.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's and right. so
0: I remember, like, it didn't occur to me I had to wear these like fake little glasses because, like, I had to make sure nothing got in my eyes. But then I, yeah. that when you're shooting on film, you have to stuff your eyeball into that little thing, the viewfinder. Yeah.
1: To see. Yeah. There's no monitor. Yeah. And
0: you're also like, when you get LASIK, you're not supposed to squint your eye because it can like affect the healing process. So I was like, oh no, (laughs) like I want this all to be in focus but I also don't want to throw up my eyeball forever but also I can see without glasses. And it's the most important thing.
1: That's commitment. Yes. You know, you promised and you showed up. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. And what's (laughs) awesome is your eyes were kind of bloodshot the entire day, I believe.
0: And I I showed up, I was like, I'm so sorry, don't be afraid. Yeah, we were, fine. we were
1: like, "Oh my God, Satan!" No, it was like we oh, just
0: looked. We're so like, "Oh my God." <laughs> I forgot was, that. Yeah, they were yeah. for like three weeks after LASIK.
1: Yeah, it was it was uh it was creepy. I was like, "Oh my God!" Okay, the <laughs> shots great. The shots were great. Let's move on.
2: Oh my gosh, <laughs> let's so get funny.
1: this over with. No, but I was like, I felt so bad because I was like, "Oh my God, are you sure you're okay?" Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, it didn't hurt or anything. It's just like a. It was like a bruise on my eyeball, but um, but yeah. good times. My eyesight is so good, so
1: yeah. You're technically because I think we were talking about this too. I, technically, you're above twenty twenty now.
0: Yes, it's like I guess so. It's fifteen twenty is like better than twenty twenty. So like on on a chart of like where you can see the letters and stuff, where where twenty twenty is, I can see like the stop below. So like the small,
1: <sighs> the smaller stop. Wow. Yeah. It's like you're like bionic eye now
0: i know i have like some super oh. supervision
1: yeah until i i put a lens on that doesn't focus that doesn't back focus right and you're like something's wrong here it's <laughs> like no nah, no nah, you're good you're good <laughs> yeah. there's so many so many issues like that Where you just throw equipment that may or may not work yeah <laughs> that's the i guess that's the downside of shooting on film um but it's kind of interesting because now you run a business, right? Yes. And you have to have gear that works. Um versus yes. like not th- you can't take the uh you can't take the uh the chance, the risk. Right. as often because you're working for clients that actually, you know, require that things are done right. right. Um in that case, do you feel a little bit more pressure having to deal with that sort of consistency? Um, when it comes to, you know, a uh, production on, on that level, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: Well, yes, definitely. For sure. Um, I think a lot of like our bigger projects, we will rent, like, you know, if we need mm. anything special or right. if we want. also, I just try to like rent different cameras every time I can so that I can just practice, um, you know, shooting stuff with different cameras, um, but in house we have a couple of sony a7s's and um those have been pretty reliable we haven't had any issue we've been really fortunate that like a lot of our equipment has lasted us 4 years i think mm. just now we're reaching the 4 year mark where my like 10 year old equipment is starting to you know not be as happy when we use it
2: yeah <laughs> yeah to have, to have audio yeah. equipment
0: is like kind of failing me right now. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, like what's fun about doing a business and having projects, uh, is that all of the, all of the, pro- you know, even for the same client, like every project is a little different. It's, it's not always the same. And yeah, there are the ones where it's like, okay, just set up press record for like 40 minutes and let them, you know, talk or there's a panel or something, but there's always a way where we can kind of get creative and um, just try out new things, try out new, uh, new LUTs, new (laughs) lenses, like all that. So it keeps it interesting for sure.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's cool that you, you know, with the confidence of the, of the equipment itself and then, you know, being able to, you know, so, get, get try out new stuff as well. I'm not, I, again, I'm not, you know, obviously a, a digital person, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely but, um,
0: a lot. I feel like it's a more peace of mind shooting on digital because it's like, okay, yeah. I can press, you know, the, I can watch it back right after. Right. Um, it's not like, oh, no, did I let some light leak through or something like did i do this wrong um but i feel like it's easier to to um uh what's it like go too fast and make mistakes if that makes sense so
1: yeah you know, yeah because you're on yeah all like day on, on on autopilot
0: yeah you know swapping oh. lenses and then the monitor is just so tiny and then you just trust that it looks good and then all of a sudden you get in the edit bay and you realize there's a speck of dust on the lens that you didn't see and it's right in the middle of your shot and there's no way to mask it up right like i can't tell you how many times that's happened where i'm like oh my gosh i need to not get lazy you know not 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 forget the process
1: yes do you um have i know you get to see the result of a film like way down the line maybe a a week to two weeks later and I mean, have you, when you look at the images for from film, um, are you? I mean, do you feel like you see the the reason why people shoot on film?
2: Oh
0: yeah, versus um, digital. Yes, totally. Okay. I I I just think everything looks so much more beautiful in film. Personally, um, mm. I just think the dynamic range is amazing. The skin colors are amazing. I just feel like with digital, like okay for example we just filmed this event um and like the event colors were this very distinct red and we shot on three sony a7s's with the same brand lenses just different millimeters and and the same presets the same and they it came out looking different on all three cameras and it, hmm. i don't get it i'm like <laughs> everything was the same why do they and all of them make you know the orange the red looks like orange in one camera and it looks like you know vibrant cherry red in the other color and then it looks faded in the other camera and it's like uh, i don't know there's something about digital that drives me insane sometimes i'm like why can't you just capture what's there i don't (laughs) know you know
1: yeah yeah that's um Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, just because I've I've done, like, three camera shoots on video in the past, and I was just like, wait, these are all the same, like, the same sort of cameras, and then something's, I can't adjust this Mm -hmm. to to match, and I'm not sure why. Um, And I'm not saying, like, you know, with film, obviously, there's inconsistencies as well, even between film roles you know especially cuz we shoot expired film yeah, but yeah. like uh... <laughs> oh,
0: but i don't know it just it just like there's so much more character to every every shot in my opinion um, whereas like digital it can be so um, i guess sharp sometimes and like the the structure texture of it is like that makes people look older than they are i think so mm.
2: yeah
1: I think it's, it's too clear, you know. Like yeah. digital is very.
2: mhm you know, stuff. I mean,
1: you know, you and I have uh, shot like, um, you and I have shot like under just natural light.
2: Mhm, and it looks and amazing. So,
1: like, yeah, like Dick, like Dixie. Remember in that uh, makeup area, like that makeup. Uh, yeah, stuff? Oh, and was it was awesome. just like whatever was there. Yeah, I really like the look at that that episode. I don't. I'm not sure why, because it was like it looks like it's underwater and under mossy water. Yeah, and, yeah. And it has this really, and that was like really expired film too. And I don't know. It just feels like a movie. And yeah. I, I think you've been on four four episodes already. No, I three think, or four.
0: Oh, I think it's been yeah. four.
1: I think four too, because, um, yeah, you're pretty much the only DP on on the valley. Um, I think like just that that it feels like a movie collectively. Yeah, I mean, like there there's yeah. a feeling that it's cinema. Yeah. Um, I think the regardless the... you can't even spend all that much or do much, much to it you know off the bat
0: yeah I think what what I what drew me to that as well is like the the noir kind of feel vibe of it um because before that project I hadn't done anything that was like you dark know, dark dramatic lights I mean yeah. anything like that so um, that was, that was really cool. And it was really cool to learn um, lighting from you as well. Cause I know you work with minimal lighting, mostly like, you know, practicals and natural light. And then, you know, like you said, like the hard, the hard light, you know, yeah. somewhere in the frame and it's so cool. And that was just something that obviously I didn't learn in film school. I didn't learn in any of the sets that we were doing. Um,
1: did, you, did you ever on in film school, did you ever, get on other people's film sets?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think um, most of them, let me think. Most of them were pretty pretty low scale, meaning like lots of natural light. Um, I wasn't ever on anyone's set who was on a soundstage other than like the really? ones in, in school. There oh. were a ton of people who shot on the soundstage while I was there.
1: Really? That yeah. is the be- that's like one of the best sound stages we in the city because it has the green beds. Oh yeah. Yeah, most sound stages don't have that. And the grips, actually local 80 go there to train.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, when I was there, I'm not sure if they created their own sound stage now, but they they used to come by and just train every like uh I think one once every month. Oh, so uh, And yeah, it's like because of the greens and we not many sound stages had greens. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a very unique uh, a thing to have. So I, that really surprises me. And nobody that you were on set with ever shot film.
0: Correct. Nobody ever shot film.
1: That is bizarre. Like I, I guess at that point they were pushing everybody to go more digital.
0: Right. Um, like in your junior year, like I said, you could take the film. As a, as an elective or something like that. But in my junior year, I studied abroad. Um, I mm, was in Germany. Right, in Germany. And yeah. That was the semester that I I could have taken, I could have stayed and taken film or studied abroad, and so, yeah, it was a, it was not a hard decision to be yeah. honest.
1: <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> <laughs> or octong piece. I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, But so, yeah, that that just kind of blows my mind, because I always thought like Loyola has this kind of more independent spirit versus like, um, well, they're kind of pushing when I was there, they were pushing us all towards documentary. Oh, wow. um, more than anything, because a lot of them were like sort of anti-commercial movie making. Oh. um, Because they were like, if you're going to do that, go to SC or AFI or whatever. We don't we don't want to teach you that here.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Um, yeah, that's when I was in film school, back in 98,
0: 99. I feel like and, I was there it was yeah. very much about feature film. It was like...
1: Like when you were there?
0: That's, that's what you graduate and you go work on feature films.
1: Okay, cool. But like that-
0: the, the study abroad program I did was a documentary intensive program. So I kind of had, yeah, a different experience than everyone else who stayed on campus stayed in the, in the narrative world
2: okay
1: and so they were training more film students to write more commercial type movies at that point
0: um yeah like uh like yeah just narrative features a lot right. of a lot of people while i was there it was like it was really cool to write like very dark very dramatic scripts right and like here i was writing like a musical and like musical. <laughs> and like <laughs> <laughs> dumb stories about their roommates
1: and like yeah <laughs> just our our thing had um there was like three themes i think we always hit on one how your parents screwed you up um
2: oh
1: religion and questioning it oh That was, and then there was always like this is like film school 101 kind of if you made a movie like this it's always these three topics that's funny. And then how yeah this goes on hand in hand with the first thing is like uh you know parents divorce or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there was never like or we try to copy Tarantino back even back then. Oh <laughs> it my- was like trying to do hip, you know, kind of dialogue and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so there was like the three kind of more film school-y film movies. Um you know, they were just sort of pretentious kind of artsy fartsy kind of movies
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and i kind of i was more sort of my thesis was a, was a very disney like movie
0: oh
1: um yeah i kind of
0: i would have loved it, I, I, it- like,
1: like dude it was like exactly like you it was like if i'm gonna make this i might as well make it now
0: oh so cool um, i want to yeah. see it do you have it still
1: uh i sort of do but it's like i okay so i was you know, I, I'm sure you know, like I throw in temp music and I fall in love with it and just forget to take it out. Yeah. Um. So it was interesting because somebody had mentioned uh, I was working in a vault and um, a person came to the window and she and I found out she had got a Loyola Marymont. And I go, oh, that's cool. I went there. And I can't get, it was one of those looks like, oh, and you end up in a vault, huh? And I go, like, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she goes, uh, and she's like, oh, Tom? Tom Quo. I go, yeah, yeah, that's me. How did you know? Because she's in the master's program. And apparently they show my thesis project as like that orientation film. No. Like this is what you can do at our film school. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they do now because it's really dated, but. I mean, she told me they showed that film. When I got, she into goes, film. I saw your movie.
0: When I got into film school, I didn't, I didn't have orientation because I transferred in, so I didn't get orientation like people normally do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So maybe they still do.
1: Uh, they showed it for the graduate people, but I don't know if they I... did it for the undergrad. Okay. You know, because for the undergrad, they showed me and Pete, uh, David Mickey Evans' movie mm-hmm. that became Seven Souls, I think. It was, it was called Seven Souls and then it became Hardened Souls
2: mm-hmm. when it was
1: made into a movie with Robert Downey Jr. Um, And then they show, and he also made The Sandlot later on, which is kind of a, you know, kind of a cult movie from my era. Um, But then I would think that we show like Francis Lawrence's student film, you know, cause he's big time now. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, lmu people that just kind of that's the thing about our school is we're really bad at networking like just horrible horrible
0: yeah and
1: that's kind of what i want to change you know
0: yeah definitely well we should talk after this because my business partner and i have been trying to get their alumni program going but it's hard to know like who's all been um yeah an alumni because there's no like easy to find
1: records of it um so, yeah, what's up with that? Like I don't know I mean, the last the last people I knew, maybe they, it's so weird, like they just disappear or I mean, from my class, I would say one other person is actually no. I only graduated fifteen in the grad program.
0: oh wow, it was
1: that, it was that small, yeah. each class had about fifteen to twenty people in the grad program. So I would say everybody a lot of them became teachers and very few even are even remotely connected to you know movies at all wow Um, yeah yeah which is bizarre uh well i guess not so much because i guess that is the the odds in terms of working in in this business because it is obviously tough do you find do you find it tougher now than it than? do you find it easier to be in the movie business now
0: um, that's a good question. I feel like logically, I think it's easier, but I also don't know because I haven't been trying to find work, you know, like day well, getting... you've
1: created your own business so. <laughs>
0: because I create my own work. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of like making projects, like not just if I'm a DP and I want to DP a project, like producing entire, like from start to finish projects. Um, it is challenging because like, funding always comes at the end. Right. So it's a lot of the times you have to either crowdfund or self-fund yeah. project and then try and sell it. So um, it's a big risk, I would say. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I've been pretty fortunate, like we, like uh, with my company, um, we, which is called SheTV Media. I'm not sure if I ever said that.
1: No, <laughs> no, you haven't. And it'll be in our show notes, by the way. <laughs> But uh <laughs> yeah, that's so what
0: it, one of our uh, the projects we produced was actually, um all thanks to you because Casey Owens was the actor in one of the valley episodes. Or was it the valley or was it just something we were doing for fun? <laughs> it
1: was, just she fun, was right? yeah, that well, she was um part of the valley. She's kind of a side character
0: uh-huh. in it,
1: but I'm sorry, go ahead. You were okay,
0: yes. Okay. So yeah. so Casey hit me up one day and was like, Hey, don't you have a production company? Like, I need some producers to help make the show. And so mm-hmm. um I was like, actually yes. And it was just one of those miracle projects that they already had funding. And so they just needed producers and a DP and a director to come on and and make it all come to life, which was like a dream. And yeah. so We created that, which started off as, like, two episodes, but we merged them into, like, one TV pilot. And um, we just got into the Latino media market this year, so we've been pitching it around to different um, platforms. So TBD on what will happen with that. But um, that was, yeah, like, that was a dream scenario. It never happens like that. Um, Most other projects that we take on – we do um, small crowdfunding campaigns for so that we can make you know the first episode or the sizzle, and then um, we're working on building our our base of connections so that we can sell shows.
1: Do you feel uh, in your company do you have like a like a creative side and then the corporate side? like De- yes, you know what I mean like there's yeah. a side where you can do the TV shows and the uh, web series, and then there's also this other side that you do. Uh, more of the corporate uh, shows like Ted talks or whatever uh, yeah. kind of side. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, there's no smooth transition between the two. It's really just like bunched together and, and try to make, you know, the, the um, it all happen at the same time. <laughs> uh, right.
1: Well, I wonder, I wondered about that because I was wondering like how um, the Madams plays with against, you know, um the, the sort of, um, corporate side of it, like, you know, doing corporate videos.
0: Actually, that's something that we're kind of in the process of transitioning, transitioning because we, um, you know, like we made the madams, what was it two years ago now or one year? No, two years ago now. Well, COVID doesn't count. Like yeah, it was over two years ago. Um, and our other, our, our documentary feature that we're kind of in the same, place with um scars unseen we did that three maybe four years ago now as well and you know like in the course of a couple years yeah we have you know the trailer we have stuff to pitch it with but we haven't really been spending the time to like make the connections make the calls figure out the legal stuff that goes along with you know everything that's behind a movie and um And so we have a lawyer and we're, we're figuring it out. But starting 2022, we are focusing more of our attention on the documentary and narrative projects that we have. So we have a plan in place where we will not be working so much in the corporate w- side of things. We'll still have the corporate side of things, but us personally will not be spending our time Um, you know, filming or editing those, we'll have a crew that can go out and kind of do that for us so that we can focus our, our energy on, um, you know, getting these projects seen.
1: Right. Can you, um, with SheTV, can you, it's, it's focus, uh, it's main sort of idea is to support and, um, and just sort of highlight female filmmakers and creatives, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Me and my business partner, we came together um, four years ago. It was actually Meredith's idea. Um, it started off as SheTV, a production company to empowered women. And today we are, um, yeah, a, a video production company focused on empowering um, women and minorities through stunning documentaries, narratives, and commercials. And we really like to. Um, we're not exclusive. We like to say there's a he and she, so we don't exclude men. That's not, It's not about that. It's just about like bringing more women and minority voice voices into the whole production process. You know, mm-hmm. from from the script writing all the way to distribution, um, whatever it is. We just want to make it kind of like a a clean clean playing field, clear fair playing field. I don't know.
1: Um, that, that's right yeah okay. Airplane field. because i you know the thing is it's like they say okay here's here's a strange way to put it i guess like you know hollywood's been become more and more sort of like um the term is woke i guess mm-hmm. and it's like they're kind of openly sort of suggesting that you know we should give more jobs to minorities and to uh different sexes and and genders and gender identity whatever it is and i think to myself like uh that's kind of a bad way to put it because it's mm-hmm. like saying um you know an asian person can't uh an asian person needs to be represented so they we need to find an asian person to write an asian experience it's like wait a minute how about just find an uh, asian person to write an american experience right it doesn't have to be from that perspective they just happen to grow up in that that you know um you know, uh, uh, sort of background, and it still is an American experience. Right uh, the lab- the label isn't just. I-, I hate the idea of just being minorities. Why not just, you know, all collectively American and just? I, I get that there has been underrepresented, you know, uh, people in it to be able to break into the industry. But the more I, I almost I see the, like the the even playing field that you're talking about. Being where okay you can't see the black experience as black experience you have to see it as an American experience mm-hmm. you know or Asian being as an Asian experience isn't an Asian experience it's just American experience right and that's a perspective that you know um, I, I think is it, it's good to see and that's great that you you started something like that
0: thank you, you know? yeah it's been really cool and one of our main like val- core values is like, passing on the knowledge that we've learned. So like a quote that we like to say is a rising tide lifts all boats. And, um, you know, like when we bring up people below us who are learning and just getting into this, like they're going to help us just as much as we're going to help them. And I think that that's true. Like thinking about my own past experience of like how I got some of the opportunities that I've gotten in my career. Like it was people, mostly men, Giving me an opportunity, like giving me a chance, trusting me, you know, uh, putting um, their faith in me for whatever it was. And, you know, I'm I'm better because of that. And so one of the things that Meredith and I wanted to do was to make sure that we are always constantly like providing mentorship opportunities, providing internship opportunities for um, specifically girls who are interested in coming up into the film industry um, or people who are interested in, in entrepreneurship in general and starting their own business. Cause you know, we didn't go to business school either. So it was all, it was all brand new to us, you know, to learn how to start a business. and
1: Navigate it. And it's uh, dude, it is tough. Like just the nuances of the, even let's say, let's say in the entertainment business, um, you know, all the small things you never even think about
2: yes and
1: you know we may have a you know kind of creativity uh surplus but we are just efficient when it comes to marketing ourselves Yeah, and also you know all the people get in so much trouble because they don't they sign the wrong paperwork or all this other stuff that no one even thinks about
0: right you know no it's so true i think (laughs) that like I remember even in, in film school, they would be like, film is a business. And I'd be like, what? But now that <laughs> I'm a business, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like really, yeah. even as a DP, like say I was freelance again, really 80% of my job would be business. It would be marketing myself. It'd be budgeting. It'd be scheduling. It'd be doing all that stuff. And then 20% of it would actually be doing what I want to do. So yeah. Um yeah it's pretty crazy it really is a business i mean we we value people for their work um we value people for their time and you know that's how it should be everyone should be making a livable wage people shouldn't do stuff for free anymore um so yeah i think it's, yeah, it's been really fun
1: it's, it's yeah it's really build. good that you actually have a place where and that a place where people can go who don't know how to pursue that side of it, because I know it—it's a lot of internet gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. You know, when they try to search for it, it's so muddy.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: it, they do need people who just kind of clarify it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, a sa- safe haven for them to ask you questions in order yes. to,
0: yeah, you no, know. no, exactly.
1: I mean, yeah. if, if, even I've asked you questions about that. You know, when it comes to the insurance side of it or how do we you know kind of get how you know and you've offered your assistance when it comes to that and I was like oh my god that's I can't believe it like uh, that that's one so that gets so much off my mind you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy and like we can't know everything and you know it, it surprises me how many times Meredith and I will reach out when so when we first started uh, our company for like the first three months all we did was hold uh, in informational interviews with people who had production companies people who were doing what we thought we wanted to do and you know these people were in business from anywhere from like five years to 12 years and we learned so much from them we learned like Oh, holy moly, this uh this company has been struggling for 12 years. They sold one show and it's amazing. It's a great show. Everyone watched it, but then that's it. And I'd be like, oh, Meredith, I don't want to be in business for 12 years and only sell one show.
2: <laughs> oh my god,
0: that's horrible. And then yeah. but but that was that was the pace that was perfect for them. And that was what they needed. And um, you know, some people like abandoned their dreams of, of doing narrative and documentary and are doing mostly commercials, but they found a new love in doing commercials. So, um, you know, we've, we've asked a ton of questions. We've asked a ton of dumb questions and we've learned a lot. And then as we've grown to learn more, we've learned that a lot of other companies don't even know some of the things that us as a young company have learned. So I I think it, it really is like just about like, Asking questions, helping each other out, and um, also knowing that, like, okay, so you meet another cinematographer, they're not competition, like, they're not your mm. competition because right they view life in like a completely different way than you do. And the same story that they tell, like, the same you know, script would look way different the way you tell it. And so, it really is right. it's a people's
1: business, it's an art. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's always kind of bugged me when I was coming up, um, was that I always felt that, you know, very, um, I I hope this isn't the case for a lot of people shooting now, but I always felt like a little bit inadequate when it came to my reel versus like, you know.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, and now I see a lot more support between people maybe social media isn't as ugly as we paint it out to be or maybe people are just phonies but like i always i I feel like people are a lot more supportive now than when i was coming up because it was ugly back then yeah Uh, because they saw like what you said it was a competition
0: i completely agree even when i was in film school 10 years ago or something like that crazy Uh um
1: you're dating yourself.
0: <laughs> it was It was. It was scary. Like people were so judgmental. It was so competitive. Uh, at the end of a screening, it was just tear your film apart, you know. And it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. And um, yeah, it's definitely different now. I think that uh, like the mental health movement has helped a lot with that because I think people are like, okay, like you know. Uh, yeah, the, the new, like, kind of buzzword imposter monster, like, you know, uh, imposter syndrome. I I felt okay. I have a perfect example. Okay. So, when I was in film school, I always wanted to shoot. So, I learned on the red one. Um, that was what we were given while I was there. Um, then, once I graduated, we got like three Alexa Minis and one Alexa LF. And I was like, cool. would have been nice.
2: Yeah. If you...
0: <laughs> well, I was there, but cool. So the only they yeah. the red one. So that's what I learned on. And I remember, like, probably the first five years of my, like, actual career, once I graduated, I was, I had this thought in my mind where I was like, all I need to do is shoot on the Alexa, and then I've made it. <laughs> and then I'll know everything. <laughs> once, once I shoot on the Alexa, that means right. a real DP, but I'm, right. I'm not a real DP until I do that. And so outside of school, I worked on all these projects. Most of them, if, if we could rent a camera or get a camera, it was always a red, which is cool. Right. Like, everyone's talking about the Alexa. What's the big deal? And so it wasn't until I started my company. Um, we were working on our documentary feature, Scars Unseen, and we got, in, uh, we got into LMU's incubator lab, which is, like, it was an alumni program. I don't think it's going on anymore. Um, but we got to use all of LMU's equipment to film our documentary. That's and, true. of course, I was like, um, no, go. no, sign me up for all your Alexas, please. <laughs> 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 or two of them, you know. You know. But like, sign me up. And he did. And then he got it. And I was like, I felt like I had this like this secret that I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't I never shot on this camera before, but I was so excited. And so we get there and I'm like, play it cool, play it cool. But of course I gotta have one person on set who knows what the heck is going on, you know, but I like didn't want anyone to know. And and it was like literally the same thing. Like there was like okay, the menu, Mm. like a little different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, the image gives off a different vibe than it does from the red, but it was literally a camera. There was nothing different about it. And to me, it sounds so cheesy, but that was like a big kind of change moment for me where I was like, Oh my God, I've been a DP all along.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Oh shit. What movie was that where, Oh, they, they're they like, oh, I never even left this town. I was yeah. here all the long. I think, you know, like Planet of the Apes is kind of like all that. yeah. Yeah, it's been – I've been on Earth all this time. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think, like, that for me was an important moment where I was like, whoa, okay. So a lot of these things that I think, you know, coming out of film school, it was like, oh, you got to film a feature or else – you're not a real dp you got to do real yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay yeah put all this just shovel that stuff in the ground because that doesn't make any sense like i've done a million web series that all have been longer in length than a feature right you know if someone you, is- you put
1: in the hours exactly
0: yeah. so yeah.
1: do you, do you feel okay so the so the imposter syndrome is you don't think you're something until this happens. Yes. Okay.
0: Like it it's like, oh, I'm a fake and someone's going to figure it out.
1: Oh, that happens to everyone.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: I swear to god, even like people who who have like I I bet you anything like the top A-lister stars all feel the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like they're waiting to be like, uh somebody's going to find out that I never went to juilliard <laughs> you know or, Yeah. <laughs> you know like uh <laughs> yeah. why why do we do this to ourselves every
0: everyone does it especially being in business i mean i we work with so many other women-owned businesses and and entrepreneurs and everyone faces this in every single industry and it's just like we always is, think that we're- what is
1: the yeah but what is the What is that term like fake it till you make it and then now you're faking it yes (laughs) but you made it so why do you feel like a fake yeah
0: yeah i that that phrase has got me along throughout the years
1: (laughs) it's incredible like Like,
0: i um, yeah
1: while yeah i think a lot of successful moments are like that yeah but how, okay, so, but the, okay, so what the bridge is when do you stop feeling that you are faking it <laughs> and you made it? You know what I mean? Like,
0: maybe when like things I'm <laughs> complacent and then you feel,
1: okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think when you're content with, well, not content, because I think, Personally, you should always feel like you should try to accomplish more in life, um, which is bizarre for a lot of people because they're happy just to, you know, go to work, come home, mm-hmm. sit at home and turn on the TV and drink a beer.
2: Right.
1: And uh, forget that, you know, just going through the, the... so a lot of there, you'd be surprised how many people aren't all that ambitious in life
2: wow.
1: um, due to, you know, obviously, you know, exhaustion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um or disappointment life's disappointment crushing life disappointment um but a lot of times you know it's like when if you feel like you are content with where you are in life maybe you can let go of the imposter syndrome yeah you know but at what point
0: i think is it
1: is that good enough you know
0: Maybe there will always be a little bit of imposter syndrome, but it just changes like what you feel it about. You okay. know, like, like I mm. felt like I was an imposter using an Alexa, but now I'm like, well, I got that. But now, got,
1: yeah, right, right. <laughs> it moves on to something else
0: <laughs> with lighting, you know, like, right, it kind of just shifts focus.
1: Right. A little bit, but yeah. I'm a look, listen. I'm always surprised when I hear a, a very respected, famous, what you know, successful, uh, you know, craftsman in this business that has the same sort of insecurities that we do at the, you know, kind of like where we are <laughs> <and, and> in <like, laughs> It's bizarre, right? Like they, would say. it's like wait a minute. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought you guys. I guess that's a weird kind of perspective because we're thinking that they feel like they haven't made and they have this of uh, the the um, they've earned their ego. Mm-hmm. Say, and for whatever reason, <laughs> they probably feel worse than we do because you know there is still sort of a um, as something like you know something to to work towards. Right. In that sense and I, I like I don't know I I don't know do you, do you feel any level of success at any point in your life that makes it okay to I mean we're going deep philosophical at this point but like <laughs> you know um, in terms of in this industry specifically in creativity like do you ever say like say for example I just finished you know this short film I go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is it. You know, like (laughs) I, I never do that by the way, but like, I go, this, this is the jam. You know, like I I can finally say I can, you know, I dust off my hands and say, yep, I did it. That's it. You know, do you think, how is it that where, where can we draw that line or is there never going to be that line or does it shift? Like you said,
0: yeah, that's a great question. I feel like it's it's fluid, right? Like it kind of like celebrate. Okay, first of all, I think we don't celebrate our wins enough. Yeah,
1: amen. Especially Absolutely.
0: as like go getter, goal oriented, entrepreneur type people, it's like always oh, okay. It's like okay, we did this. What's the next thing? Okay, we did this.
1: The next hustle. Yeah. What's the next thing?
2: And
0: it's like okay, well, I can't. You know, sleep early tonight because I could be doing this. and What's the next thing? And it's like instead of yep. just stopping. That was one thing that was like I, I really think led to the success there we go, success of um, me and my business partner together. Because from day one, we would celebrate the little wins, even if it meant a high five, like right a high five, or it would be you know what, let's just pop some champagne at one <laughs> o'clock on a Tuesday because we can, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like celebrating the little wins, celebrating when, when we would be so scared to email someone and then they would respond. And we were like, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I exactly. mean, there's so
0: many little successes that we don't, we don't celebrate. And I think, um, like becoming more aware of like giving ourselves a pat on the back or I know there's this movement where it's like giving yourself a high five in the mirror. That's apparently very impactful. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to.
2: That's, yeah.
0: Um, you know, like, yeah, I just think that first of all, yeah, being more aware yeah. to celebrate our wins. And second of all, like taking time often to look back at how far you've come and what you've done. And I think a lot of times we'll work on a project. And then by the time you get done with a project, you're like, oh my, God, I'm so sick of this okay, everything's dumb. <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah exactly. I thought this was so cool and it's not. And then yeah. like, you know, a year later you look back and you're like, whoa, that was actually really good. How come I didn't do anything with that project? Um, so, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. I love that. I love that piece of advice you just gave there. Just celebrate the small wins. Don't, you know, it's like we are looking at, we, we don't look at the small wins. We just look for where we failed. No, um, we look at where, you know, the bigger picture that if you don't succeed at that bigger picture, then the small wins don't mean anything. And it's like, wait a minute.
0: But maybe- Why
1: not celebrate those small moments?
0: Maybe the grand success is in the small wins.
1: Uh, Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think too many people think Mm -hmm that maybe the, the end mm-hmm. is never like, yeah. Or the end will, will make
0: everything worth it. Once yeah. you get there, it'll make everything worth it. But it's like, well, no, it's not about, once you get there, then you get there. Then what? You're still going to feel like yeah. nothing's good enough. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think there's a breakthrough right there. Nats. Cause yeah. it was like, I think, man, I've always wondered about that mm-hmm. because I go, why isn't the end point always feel so enriching or sort of um fulfilling, let's mm-hmm. say? And it's because it was a race to get to that end point and never a moment to say the smaller parts kind of mm-hmm. were more encouraging, you know?
0: Yes, I'm gonna along ruin, the way. I'm gonna ruin it with a cliche and uh, st- okay. <laughs> it's not about the destination. it's about the journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That (laughs) makes me want to but it's true.
1: It really is. And I I I know people I know you say that's a cliche, but I don't think it sinks into a lot of people.
0: I agree. What that
1: what that really means. Because
0: you say it so like so like on the surface and you say it to everyone and you hear it your whole life, but yeah, like really stop to think about it, it's like, gosh dang it. Yeah.
1: Well, the little moments that you just said is exactly that part of it but what people don't add is the celebration part which is like the little rewards you give yourself for having to reach this uh this goalpost or this little Mm uh marker you know time marker
0: yeah like even if it's not apparent even if it's just oh my gosh i've been wanting to email this dp forever because i appreciate their work and I sent the email and who knows if it's even going to go there, but I did it, you know, like <laughs> it's that, 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 yeah. that success feeling like, um,
1: there's a sense of accomplishment. Yes.
0: Accomplishment. That,
1: yeah. Because, yourself. okay, let's say, let's say, um, that person never responded. You'd be so disappointed or you'd be like, oh, crush because the person just ignores you, whatever. But the fact that you then sent it alone was a big deal. Yes. You no. Know? I know that sounds kind of corny to a lot of people, but I'm saying like, that's a big deal.
0: No, it's such a big deal. I have a grand story about that, but I won't go into it (laughs) because I know we've been like a a bunch of time now. But Mm -hmm. literally like my dream, like when I was getting started in the industry, literally I had a dream that I was on the set of Jane the Virgin. And I just loved that set. And long story short, I had the opportunity to meet the DP and I chickened out. And I was so mad at myself because he was right there and I could have said hi and I didn't. And I went home feeling so like crappy about myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to email him. I'm just going to email him. So I did. So Uh I emailed him. And I sent it to this random, like his agent or something. And I was like, please, if you can forward to, you know, <laughs> Lowell Peterson, please forward to him.
1: And then like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then like five days later, he responded.
2: Oh, and, no way.
0: And I had asked him like, you know, in the initial email, I was like, oh, you know, I love your work. Like Jane, on Jane the Virgin. It's like something I would love to shoot someday. I just love the story. I love the, I loved the show, period. But I also loved uh-huh. the shooting style. And I was like, can I please take you out to coffee and just pick your brain? Like I'd love to talk with you, blah blah. blah. And he responded back. He was like, Hey, like, um, why don't you just come on set and you can shadow? And oh what? <laughs> Say what? I literally I had a dream that I was on set. And then I was on set and I was like, <laughs> I had to. I'm like
1: weird. I
0: literally dreamed about this, and <laughs>
2: and it all
0: took a dumb email, like an yeah. email that I wasn't gonna send. That so many people are probably like, "This is stupid." Oh my god, how embarrassing! <laughs> you know, like
1: crazy. <laughs> well, people, people, listen to what she is saying here. <laughs> <laughs> Never let a email as as sort of intrusive as you may feel like it may be, mm-hmm. but um. So how was the how was the actual meeting? Because here's the other thing. Sometimes people don't like to meet or they recommend you don't meet people that you really respect in this business because they could, uh, I mean, ultimately some will disappoint you, right? Yeah. So in this sense, I doubt that was the case because, you know, DPs are much different than, you know, actors or, right. or even directors. But how did that meeting go? Like, did you, were you...
0: Oh, it was he's
1: amazing. Like, he's like, I got that letter here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's read it in front of the cast and crew. Oh, my no, God, <laughs> no. yeah,
0: they were, Well, it was really cool because I, I showed up on set and everyone uh-huh. was like, oh, my gosh. Like, are you Lowell's friend? And I was like, um, I think so. <laughs> Unless he has another friend coming. Did he just call me his friend? Like, I don't know. Right. And, you know, another person. Oh, you're Lowell's friend. Hi. Nice to meet you. And I'm like oh wow okay, did he like tell everyone that i'm his friend like yeah like, like we've never <laughs> even met before and so right. yeah we met and he was just he was so he was very chill he was very calm and he was like ask me anything you want you know like they gave me my own little director's chair and i got to oh my god in video village next to him And I just shadowed him. I walked around. I talked to the gaffer. I talked to the grips. I talked to Gina Rodriguez. I talked to all the the stars. Like everyone. I mean, that set was probably like just on another level. It was amazing because everyone welcomed me. And like they had already become such a family. So I definitely was Mm -hmm. like the oddball out when I showed up. But it was so cool. And I just took a notebook and I wrote down all of his lighting setups. I wrote down you know, notes. I wrote down equipment I saw. Um, And I think it, it shows too that like, you know, when I showed up there, I I showed up like there to learn. Like I had mm-hmm. questions prepared. I had conversations I wanted to bring up. I, you know, came with a notebook. I didn't just show up and like was on my phone like, or was nervous. Out. Or whatever, yeah. like, I, I showed up and was ready to work. And, and at the end of the day, he was like, you know what, like, you can come back anytime. Just let me know. And I was like, once again, here we go. I was like, (laughs) he's like, yeah. He's like, anytime, just email me and I'll put you on the, on the list. And I
2: was
0: like, "Like, how about next Tuesday? And he was like,
2: (laughs) he's like, I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And at this point I had a (laughs) job down in Orange County and they were shooting up in um, like the El Segundo area. And for like, over the course of like three months, I probably went and visited set like maybe oh my god and fifteen times. Oh my god! Yeah, I went on some overnight shoots. I went on you know all these different. I would just go to work and then I would leave work as soon like at five o'clock, drive two hours up to L.A. and then be on oh set god. until two in the morning and then go home and sleep and then do it again the next day.
2: Oh my <laughs> like god!
0: Anytime they would let me, I was
1: like. What I uh, I what? Oh my God! Yeah, the commitment. I know. So
0: that's what I'm telling you, Tom. I had a whatever it takes attitude.
2: You
1: know. I mean, you still do. That
0: that is true. I still do.
1: That kind of that kind of discipline is it's so refreshing in this town because I don't think I think people do think it's fun in games. And, yeah, it sort of is, but, like, it also takes that sort of, like, sacrifice in terms of, like, in your case, uh, rest. And, like, uh, but, you know, it's not even, like, a place where, you know, you you were just compelled to go because you're so interested in the show and like the show and, the you know, and then found out that the people there, you know, were cool about it. Man, that's so cool. That is so cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Like I, again, I, you know, me having back then in the old days, it was like, you know, it was, DPs were obligated to pass on their knowledge. So it sounds like Lowell Lowell was an old timer too. I think I remember him.
0: He worked in Desperate Housewives for-
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I read about him in the American Cinematographers.
0: Yeah. He's so cool. And that was awesome to hear too, just about- Oh my gosh. So he told imagine. he told
1: stories about
2: it.
0: Yeah. Like imagine yeah. being like part of the crew for uh, how long was that show on? I don't know. Ten, ten, years? ten
2: years. Yeah.
0: Like and it's like at that point you you just live on the universe a lot, you know, like y- you own yeah. a lot. You're like you're yeah. It's the
1: most popular show on in yep. America. Yeah.
0: So cool. Like shot on film. <laughs>
1: that movie was shot or that show was shot on film. That's- Desperate house yeah
0: yeah and he worked on parenthood too and i love parenthood that was an awesome show
1: right uh, wow yeah he's yeah wow so he just like you guys just sat down and he just told you stories about all that
0: yeah i just would like ask questions and um but i mean it's not so like i also did this similar thing to another dp um and like got on that show and that i mean that's it it was a very popular show and that set was like kind of the opposite. Like everyone was like, not super happy about being there. And like
2: mm, the, DM, okay.
0: he was, he was great, but I mean, he was a lot more like, okay, what questions do you have for me? Okay. What else? Okay. Next. <laughs> so It was a different type of mentorship. Was a little
1: bit stressed out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I went on that shoot uh, on that. Right. Shoot once, Cause I felt like, Oh no, I don't, I don't feel like this is the right place. So, so that goes, you know, to say that like, it's not going to be like this perfect dream story every time you have to like, right. feel, yeah. EP. you got to fill out the set. You got to feel out, you know, like how you, um, how you play a part on set. Like are people constantly being like, get out of the way, you know, or are they
2: yeah,
0: um, <laughs> you being like, Hey, who are you? Tell me about yourself. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I yeah. look so much on all these sets, but it definitely, like, yeah, the, the Jane the Virgin was, like, the dream scene for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, like, uh, yeah, literally the dream scene. But also, like, um, you know, like, again, you reached out. Like, I <laughs> find it, I find people don't want to bother other people, and I understand that. Like, you know, I don't like imposing on people too, but I remember writing like I wanted Ian McKellen in my student film. (laughs) (laughs) And keep in mind this was way back in ninety nine, two thousand so I wrote him a email and I still have that email back from him telling him telling me he couldn't he got my script. And by the way, the script was horrible. I read it again. I was like, oh this is awful. Oh no it's it's everything you know, years later, I read the script again and I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is everything you should not ever put in the screenplay. <laughs> um, and but the weird part was he wrote me an email back and who knows who who it could have been, uh, you know, a publicist or whatever. Um, but it was very nice. Oh, it just okay. said, oh, i have script got to me. But I'm, unfortunately, I'm stuck in um, in Australia or New Zealand, New Zealand, I think, uh, working on Lord of the Rings for the next you oh. know, three years. So I was like, "Oh, okay. And I didn't really know what Lord of the Rings
2: was back then. Oh I wasn't.
1: <laughs> so I was like, uh, he's probably lying. Lying bastard. Um, no, but he was really nice. And I was like, oh, God, that's so cool. Um, but those types of things, I think I like when people, especially at that caliber and at Lowell's caliber, is like willing to be kind to two people wanting to learn
2: yeah
1: um, I think, and I feel bad sometimes
2: yeah,
0: yeah well I mean I, I I think inherently most people like helping other people yeah so if you can present an opportunity for someone to help you in a way that's really not putting them out like whether it's shadowing them or or you know taking them to dinner like okay like you'll get my dinner for free and I can yeah.
1: Okay. Well, oh, I, you know, I, that's one of the things, like one of the nightmare stories that could happen is you take a star out or a, a director that you really respect and they just are completely like opposite of what you think they are. That's the nightmare scenario. But that's true. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's low, it's low risk for them for but, sure. You know,
0: I think if you, if you ask for help in a way that it makes people se- e- easy for them to say yes. I mean, that's even in business, like even in business, it's make everything so that people can say yes very easily to whatever you're asking them, like make it as simple as possible. Um, Just be authentic, be real, have some weird, you know, altered whatever.
1: Yeah. But well, (laughs) yeah, I feel bad sometimes because people do reach out about like learning how to shoot on film. Um, through social media to me and I and it's typically like what you're saying is like hey I'd love to take you a cup of coffee and we can talk about film stuff and, uh, and I was like I, I, I don't I I don't know like <laughs> I, I don't know where to begin sort <laughs> of thing uh, and I feel bad because I feel like I'm not you know obviously a, a, that's a standoff offish person I, I would hope not but like but again I love the idea of helping anywhere i can
2: yeah um well i feel like the same way you
0: know you're obviously very good at teaching people how to shoot on film but maybe instead of like for coffee for someone like you it's like i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like you're more inclined to be like hey just show up on set and, like
1: Oh hell no! You know, we can talk. <laughs> no, we don't have time. That come on. Yeah, that's how people learn. That's literally how I got on yours. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, when it's like the the most stressed out <laughs> <That's true. laughs> time time constraint and film uh, low, we're low on film, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna learn because that's it's funny you actually say that because I. For the last couple of shoots, it's always like, even with Lizette's shoot, it was always like, time, right? Mm Because we only have five hours to cover eight pages.
2: Uh And then like,
1: (laughs) coverage and all this other stuff is like, hmm. Okay, okay, well, we're gonna have to move fast. And I can't imagine somebody just being on set. Trying to shadow this.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh, it's different. I'm like, oh, yeah. how did it work on
1: Jason burton but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, they have a budget, and they have like you know, yeah. the sets were probably like standing already, and like you know, yeah, they were like yeah. you know, they yeah. can have that kind of stuff in place
0: dps on on big shows like that have every like every job position is there you know it's like right. operators are there first aid yeah
1: yeah it's a, versus so us, it's you're like, not learning you're yeah. not learning it the right way if you're on one of my sets yeah <laughs>
0: where you get a director slash dp slash producer slash scripty slash
1: yeah craft crafty <laughs> i craft I do the crafty, yeah um,
0: <laughs> McDonald's, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, perfect, yeah, <laughs> but like it's um yeah i I feel like again with your uh, with your company as a mentorship i ideology, you know, like it's you i feel like you're um sort of doing the same thing, you yeah. know, you're passing it on too, like somebody's gonna reach out at some point and be like, well, how do i um you know create my own uh production in the right way you know yeah. and somebody's gonna want to you know pick your brain over all that stuff
2: you know
0: yeah. yeah no definitely it's it's happened a couple times so far with people who are just starting off with their own production companies and um yeah it's just really awesome i i love being like telling inspirational stories like the like the Jane the Virgin one, <laughs> yeah, yeah,, yeah, just letting people know like too, what we learned the hard way or what we learned,
1: you know, I yeah. I think about it like that sometimes, like I never want anyone to suffer what I went through, yeah sometimes, you know, yes, and, and you can't you can't really protect them from that. Right. In some points, you know? Yeah, no, goes,
0: definitely. I mean, it it took us learning it like something for us to know not to do that. But definitely, especially when things like I can't even think of an example right now, but things that like we, for example, wanted to save money on. So like we didn't get a subscription to this because we wanted to save money, but it's it took so much more of our time. So it's like, oh okay, now I realize the value of you know, spending money on this automated service that's gonna help with this so that I can do this and so there's little little tips and tricks like that where I'm like hey just from someone who has experience like don't waste your time on this just you know pay 10 bucks Mm,
1: yeah 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 ever yeah that's great that'd be great to like navigate through the BS that you don't need right because people will spend a lot of time on on that and it's wasted energy
2: right
1: but yeah that's the thing it's like i i was i always had this thing uh maybe like 10 years back where i just wanted to start um a you know kind of a a production company ish but like just make small films and not care about you know how we're going to get revenue, mm-hmm. which is really dumb business. By the way, don't yeah. ever follow that. Template. It's actually
0: not a business <laughs> if you're not making money. So,
1: oh well. <laughs> 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 don't follow this business template at all. Because you need revenue, right? But um, but I just wanted to make cool things, you know. And um, it would have been nice to you know have something like your your company just and be open to questions. Somebody like hitting you up for questions when it comes to that. Yeah. Oh, so, it's, important. you know, yeah.
0: Well, everyone's welcome to reach out to me. If,
1: SheTV. TV. What's the, uh, what's the website?
0: The website is www.sheTVmedia.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at SheTV Media, or you can find me personally on Instagram at Natalie Perez DP. Um. Yes.
1: Do you Let so me. you identify yourself uh, first and foremost as a DP? Yes. Okay.
0: That is my one
1: true. Uh, the the one true love that you have. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, is it like okay? So oh, I I meant to ask, what's your favorite movie of all time? <gasps>
0: That's hard um okay
1: because we're gonna judge you over it no um i know (laughs) no no i'm kidding this is so uh
0: okay i'm gonna say growing up okay so my pre pre pre-film life when i didn't know about film was greece
1: oh oh that's right yeah the musical thing
0: yeah Okay. okay so i i grew up watching greece literally i watched it every day as a child like okay. babysitters would get annoyed because they would come like once a month or whatever and I'd want to watch Greece again
1: okay. <laughs> and they would get- I was a um, by the way this is a side side note I was a I was a stage manager on in for Greece in my high school in the high school oh cool and so yeah that I know the play the musical very well that's awesome. but they left out they left out a lot of the you know obviously the overtly sexual yeah Stuff well, that's
2: um,
0: funny because th- now growing up and looking back, my mom told me like a few years ago, she was like, Yeah, she's like, It got to a point where I, she told my dad, Should we let her watch this? Because I'm like, <laughs> I memorized the whole movie, and yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Of course, when you're a child, you don't think anything of it, so um, yeah, well,
1: yeah, there's abortion in it, there's like an abortion, yes, I believe. yeah, I,
0: yeah, th- and yeah,
1: it's pretty dark, there's yeah, like- and
0: of things in there there's like hey change your appearance and look hot and then the guy will fall for you kind of thing yeah yeah
1: but also like it, it kind of had a weird uh, i mean that's the dark really dark stuff but like the the more weird thing was like okay it takes place in the 50s but the whole beginning has like the 70s disco vibe mm-hmm. and then also like in the end kind of has a disco vibe and it's like kind of weird
0: yeah and then they like which off where are we clouds like
1: what i'm sorry repeat that
0: they they drive off into the clouds
1: yeah yeah which gives that theory about whether or not something it was all some sort of fever dream of her dying
2: Whoa. i think there was a
1: theory there was a theory about that oh. if you read about it there was a weird theory because you remember the summer love song is about him uh yeah. she had been saved by a guy or something like that right and and their theory is that now nah, she drowned, and this is her fever dream. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, which is really dark, right?
0: Yeah. Um, this is the first I'm hearing about it in over 20 years.
1: You know how they always have these theories, <laughs> like, you know, in The Karate Kid, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso is actually the bad guy and all that stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't, know? I don't read a lot of theory stuff. For, yeah. You know,
1: but. but um, okay. So post post film okay. school.
0: Like like right now, I would say my favorite film is is La La Land. Oh. Which is probably not okay. surprising at all. But I just love like obviously the cinematography. Okay. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so stylized. I love it. It's every shot is like so calculated. It makes it like fun. Like it would have just been so fun to work on that shoot. Um wow. But also, like the kind of storyline of like making it in Hollywood and am I good enough for this? And um, like just that kind of questioning of, you know, trying to make it in an art industry. Um, Yeah, it's really meaningful for me. And I feel like every time I'm down, where I'm like, maybe I should be an EMT or maybe I should be a police (laughs)
2: officer or maybe
0: (laughs) like, I don't know something else in the world and then i'll watch that movie and i'm like no i got this
1: yeah i um i i i think you know that i scanned that movie um really yeah yeah it was (gasps) yeah it was an interesting movie to scan because they went two five five like aspect ratio versus two three five so it's really wide wider than you Mm -hmm. think it is but um i thought you knew that um, I
0: think I did, but it's been a while.
1: I agree with that movie, and a lot of people hated it, and I'm not sure why. Well, um it
0: didn't have a happy ending.
1: It's a dark... It's a real ending.
2: hmm
1: I've been through that.
2: Mm-hmm. In
1: fact, I feel like I lived at that, in that apartment that uh, Seba, Seb... Seb? Seb? Seb, Seb. Yeah. Sebastian lived in. It looks like my apartment in Hollywood. Well. Like when I first got out here, that was so dark that you had to look up to look down wow. because I was like sub, sub street level. Right. Oh, I see. that's what in his apartment felt like that. It was sub. Mm-hmm. And then I also, you know, in a relationship with her, they, they couldn't, it was, yeah, it was, it was really real.
2: Mm.
1: Like that felt real. And all those magical moments you have, with like somebody you care about in a, you know, it, it just really felt real. And then, then you saw their entire life, how it would have played out in the opposite,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know, the opposite life. And then you're like, Oh, and then they yank it from you and you're like,
2: ah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? And then he just nods at her at the end. And I was like, Oh, sorry to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> like, I was like, ah oh, you scumbags.
2: Mm. And
1: I'm not, and it's still, I still really like that he they made that decision. It's oh, a really cruel, it, cruel movie about the industry.
0: I think you know? it just it it if it ended like with them being happy, it it wouldn't have been real. It would have been a fairy tale, you know, fairy tale ending like, okay, like people who watch it would be like, okay, well, this is never gonna happen to me, you know. But mm. kind of seeing them you know, live their own lives and then come back together. And it's like, whoa, like oh, what they had, you know,
2: what they had oh, great, but feeling. it
0: it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be,
1: which I don't know. I just, did they ever, did they ever explain why? <laughs> Cause I'm trying to rack my brain.
0: Well, he got to why? so like when he was with her, he wouldn't have like started his own, it wouldn't have been like what it was. Yeah, the, okay. the bar, jazz Yeah, because
1: he started at, he started out his own jazz bar, uh, jazz club, and the problem is then she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have left to go to Paris to become an actress, like right. a famous actress, or Europe. I I forget which what. The... Yeah, because their relationship would have been tied to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. I see. Okay. So yeah, because yeah, he wouldn't have to never uh, left, L or he would have left. LA and she would have grown to resent him. These are the things that are unspoken, I guess, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, same thing happens with the Umbrellas of Cherbourg, another musical, uh, French musical that has a very tragic, similar feeling.
0: <gasps> don't spoil it for yeah. me. I actually have the DVD. Um, I need to watch it. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a very, oh, I, I don't know, Natalie. I, I didn't see it for a long time and I finally watched it and it, I'm not going to spoil it, but I don't know. You have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it properly. Okay. So like, you know what? It's a good compendium.
0: When I watch it. What's What's that? Don't be fragile. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't
0: be vulnerable. Like feel confident (laughs) in
2: myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: Okay. Okay. But it's a good compendium with La La Land. Let's say you. Watch The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and then you watch La La Land, but then stop La La Land right at, let's say, (laughs) (laughs) let's say at uh, the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. The rest of it has a sort of, I feel almost bad for Ryan Gosling the entire uh, movie because he's just a punching bag for life in L.A.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Just... We hate jazz, okay? Jazz boy. And then... <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm glad you picked two movies that were actually shot on film. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going back to that. Yeah. That's um, interesting. But again, the musical world lends itself to a very cinematic feel, right? Yes. So again, going back to West side story, it has this very big cinema feel. So please, please go see it. And then we can trade notes.
0: Yes, I definitely. Cause I'm
1: okay. really interested. Did you see the 61 version? The 1961 version?
0: Uh, I did, but like way a long time ago.
1: Okay. I don't very, I don't remember much of it. Yeah. Uh, either. And, um, I don't recall liking it cause I'm like, Oh, this, it didn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. It didn't compute with me for some reason, right. um, but yeah, this this version. And I I got a question for you. Once you see it, I I kind of want to ask your opinion on this um, as a musical theater uh, aficionado, because <laughs> I I'm kind of curious what your take on this is. Okay. Um, because there was a. Obviously, it was originally a stage musical, and then it became a sixty-one move, uh, nineteen sixty-one movie, and then Spielberg apparently went back to the source stage play and changed it back to where the stage play because they changed oh. it a little bit, a little bit for the sixty-one version.
0: Okay, and
1: I'm kind of curious of your take on this one sequence, and then I think it will stand out to you. Okay, but I won't let. You know, I won't say anything more, and I'm I'm curious about your your take on that. Okay. So we'll, compare, we'll we'll compare notes after that. Okay. It's long. It's uh thing is it's it's pretty long. It's like three hours long.
0: I think I'm gonna go. There's this um new theater by me that's like the kind where um they have really nice seats.
2: <laughs> it, oh yeah.
0: You you <laughs> sit, like the concessions are all at the seat. So like. What's it called? It's like a dine-in movie theater. So they they oh
1: like, cool yeah yeah
0: get a barcode yeah. and you like order stuff and it, they just deliver it to your seat like everything like popcorn like like shrimp sushi oh like pasta what? <laughs> what? hamburgers it's amazing and so,
2: what the so, hell
0: <laughs> and it's cheap too like a ticket is like twelve dollars and then like anything on the menu is like between ten and fifteen bucks and I'm like really pretty good. that's
1: really good what what uh what chain is it
0: i don't know if it's a chain actually but it's um it's called look look dine-in movie theater look cinema i think
1: think that is a chain because i think i've seen a look before or i was driving down near downey and saw that i can't remember yeah or no, no 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 i was searching i was searching um for movies playing, some movie that was playing, and I think I saw Look, and I was like, Look, what's that? It yeah. wasn't a regal, it wasn't an arc light, it wasn't any of that. It was just Look.
0: Yeah, super weird. So, okay.
1: okay. Okay. It's like a, okay. it's like an Alamo draft house.
0: Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. I'm a fan. I'm, like, telling everyone about it. I'm like, everyone knows <laughs> but Also, I like it because right now, it's like, nobody knows about it, so it's always right. like, half full. And that's kind of nice, but um, yeah, I'll I'll see it this weekend and then let you
1: know. <laughs> oh yeah, please. I I'm I'm trying to. I'm so glad I I didn't I, I honestly didn't know you were a musical theater fan, so <laughs> I really want to ask your opinion on this one moment that just kind of threw me off a little bit. Okay. Um, we'll talk. and I'm not sure why it was where it was, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll we'll get back to that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So,
0: yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, and of course the music just throws you back into uh, the music itself. Like I didn't, even, you know, the musical itself wasn't. It didn't. It, it didn't speak to me, but the music is so pop, Like it's so famous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like you just know the songs, Maria. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just know the songs, but not necessarily the full story and how it plays out. So it's like. I knew the music, so it just brought brought back a lot of good memories. You know? That's cool. Yeah, tonight, tonight, all that stuff.
0: Oh, I'm so excited! Yeah, I love Ansel, Orger, El, Ansel Elgort.
1: Elgort? Oh. Okay. <laughs> he, this I don't I don't know if he's trying to be Val Kilmer or something because I was like looking at this movie and I kept thinking Val Kilmer for some reason, and I'm sorry to plant that thought in your head, but, <laughs> um. He just reminds me of Val Kilmer, like a very young Val Kilmer. And I, if there's a probably a biography on Val Kilmer in the future, it might be him. Oh. Uh, well. Wow. And he he does a good job as Tony because I guess the original Tony, I mean the original movie version of Tony, seemed kind of like bland, <laughs> you know, like he wasn't he was a non-entity. Like I don't even remember the <laughs> actor's name. That's how
2: strange <laughs> yeah. that is. Yeah, you
0: know? I've, I, I've liked him ever since he was in The Fault in Our Stars, so I'm very excited to see him. I actually haven't seen him. He's in some other...
1: Oh, Baby Driver? Baby Driver. Um, yeah.
0: Maybe I have seen that. I can't remember. No, I don't think I have. That's the musical one. Or it's like timed to the... Music.
1: Yeah, it's, it might as well be a musical, really. Okay. Um,
0: actually, I've seen that one too. It's on uh, the list.
1: I scan that as well.
0: No way! Oh, uh, uh,
1: baby driver? To get uh, a
0: job where you are.
1: <laughs> I just see all the dailies. <laughs> That's so Like, cool. I, I gotta be... Okay, somebody asked me before. He's like, you must be excited that you get to see the movie beforehand. I go, by the time it gets released, I have no idea what I scanned. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, like, looking at it, like, I, I don't even remember any of this stuff. Because, like, in Quiet Place 2, I was like, I don't remember any of this.
2: That's funny. It's
1: so con- like, I don't – it's so, like, shot out as sequence and
0: – Right. And also there's no, uh, you know, visual effects I don't hear, or anything. Yeah,
1: there's no visual effects. Cool. Plus, I don't get to hear the sound. So uh, I don't know where that is in the movie, right. you know. But it's a pretty cool job just because it's, like, you can see how the story unfolds based on images alone, which goes back to our film school days. Yeah. You know, without having any three sixties. Um, so. Our three sixties.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Full circle.
1: Exactly. Oh, by the way, when we when you guys when I was in grad school, your undergrad class, the first film they had to shoot on Super Eight.
2: Oh, cool. I
1: remember yeah, I remember that. And now they yeah, they just completely just dis- discontinued that.
0: Oh teared.
1: And for editorial classes, we had to edit uh, gunsmoke.
0: Oh nice.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you guys did Titanic or something else.
0: We did some TV show. Darn it. Was it black and white? No, it was it was like kind of a more recent TV show. It was called Underwood. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think yeah. it was Underwood. It was like some show and there, it was like someone what had to like kill someone else. Via right. Death penalty or something, and so it was like a dramatic death scene. Right,
1: and then there's always a jackass in your class that tries to cut it into a comedy. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> you know it, you know. Because
1: you know <laughs> yeah, 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 mm-hmm.
2: and,
1: and and I remember when we were editing, it was all on, on flatbed, so it was oh, like, cool. yeah, no, not so cool. It was,
2: yeah.
1: it was gruesome. So then, you know, the hallways were always like the dialogue would play over and over and over again. And we were just like, oh, my God, Uh we're just going to kill each other. So That's funny. But but anyway, Natalie, thank you so much for talking to me on the Celluloid Ashram.
2: Yeah, thank um, you for having
1: me. Yeah, uh, my DP who shoots on all my stuff. I mean, you're obviously the first person I call whenever I need to work on this stuff, the valley and whatnot, because you have such a good attitude with well, uh,
0: thank you. With I,
1: filming and being flexible.
0: I appreciate you giving me a chance and believing uh, in me and of course. letting uh, me play and letting me learn. It's been so great uh, and I will always I will always say yes to a Tom
1: Yeah, what, what, what was it like the first time I was like, we're gonna repeat the valley. When <laughs> 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 oh shit! <laughs> I gotta finish the uh, travel feed first. <laughs> I know. It was, I'm ready. Yeah, it was so great that you just jumped on like uh, the 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 train again. I was like, oh my god, that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm because all... I, I yeah.
1: I, I I just can't tell you know I can't tell these things anymore. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> you know,
0: I look forward to many more collaborations together.
1: Absolutely. All right, Nats. Well, we're going to trade notes on West Side Story, and then you're going to have to come out and, um, you know, spin your yarns with uh, our cigar club. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. tell, but, tell your jokes.
0: Wait, is that just like a – is was that just a saying, or did you really – I started crocheting recently. Did you know that?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Spin some yarns is like a, a saying of, in oh, terms of
2: um, – That's really because uh,
0: cool, one of the hobbies I – Telling stories. One of the hobbies I took up during COVID is um, crocheting. So I literally spin some yarn. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Wait a minute.
0: I'm going to. What have you made? The cigar club.
1: Yeah, but your, your crochet is going to smell like cigars.
0: Oh, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you're going to give them as gifts and they're like, Natalie, you smoke cigars?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Never yeah.
1: mind. Good call. Because <laughs> they really read. But, um. What have you made?
0: Um, I've made baskets. I've made slippers and pillows. And, um, okay. What else?
1: I mean, but, you have to have that, that uh, blanket throwover that you put on a couch, no?
0: Yeah, I haven't made one of those yet, only because, like, it's just...
2: That's a commitment.
0: It's huge and boring. Yeah. It's like the same thing.
2: Oh, okay.
0: But I like trying to make, you know, things that people will use, so... It's been a lot Why? Of baskets. Why
1: crochet? Crochet is... Okay, so you can make scarves.
0: That's true. I can, yeah.
1: Yeah. This... Also
0: a little boring. Also, nobody will use them because we're in California. So. Uh,
1: well, I mean, recently, it <laughs> would be really nice to have.
0: That's true. For, like, but, uh...
2: <laughs> people will get to
1: use it. But, but uh this is funny
0: i can't believe it yeah no my my, <laughs> my mom taught me when i was really little and then covid happened so i was like Meh. i wanted something that i could just do like mindless work that i could do while i was like watching tv or something so yeah. um crochet crocheting it is if um you receive a gift from me from now on it will be in the form of
2: crocheted
1: Oh, i I would love it. I I love, <laughs> I I love handmade gifts, you know,
2: uh-huh. like
1: something about it just feels more like substantial. Oh, well,
0: you yeah, know, they're the best. and it's so fun because I'll be oh. like, oh, like here's this basket. I made it during season one of Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Like, <laughs> please enjoy the, enjoy it with that knowledge. Yeah. you know, like
1: so wait a minute. So you just put on, like, a movie and just started crocheting?
0: Yeah, and then, like, that's how long I know, because people were like, whoa, how long did this take you? And I'm like, it took me all of Queen's Gambit.
1: Oh, okay. You know, like,
0: <laughs> eight to ten hours? I don't know how right. long that series is. Right, right. So, yeah. Really- <laughs> like,
1: Oh, man. Okay, well. Make me something the length of Westworld, season one season one through three. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because uh, no, the problem with Westworld is you have to keep rewinding it get back and forth because you don't know what the fuck's going on.
0: Yeah, that's but, what
1: um, i tried to crochet
0: stuff during, um, what's it called, Squid Game, and then that one was hard because I was like, oh, do I watch it with subtitles or do I watch it with the English dub?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Oi. Wow, interesting. Wow. You are a very unique person, Natalie. And do you know? (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, It's just, it's like, um, I remember, you know, a lot of uh, people who are just on set waiting do that now, too.
0: No way! Uh,
1: Yeah. They'll (gasps) sit there and just, yeah, have a, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Because, like, you you know, because
1: a lot of them do it to keep from smoking cigarettes.
2: Oh, because
1: it keeps them busy, right? Uh, Keeps them away from the craft services table because they'll eat.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: right. And uh, yeah, it's like a distraction to keep them away from uh, doing, you know, bad stuff to themselves.
0: Wow, that's yeah, that's really cool. I'm so excited for this new wave of film sets with uh, yeah. them <laughs> with crochet because i'm used to people being like oh my god you crochet you're a grandma and i'm like stop
1: yeah yeah i yeah i'm not gonna deny that part either but um <laughs>
0: i'm like i also go to bed at eight o'clock sometimes
1: okay? uh, wait a minute what really
0: <laughs> just playing into this whole
1: grandma. <laughs> i get made fun of because I go to sleep around eight, but I was like, dude, I wake up at four in the morning. At
0: four, I wake up at eight. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on.
0: <laughs> so you know,
1: you're yeah, exhaust. Yeah, uh, you need your, you know, twelve requisite hours. twelve hour sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're refreshed. That's great, you know. Yeah. But um, uh well, anyway, Natalie, I'm done. Um, nope. I- yeah, on that note, I I gotta go to bed now.
2: Oh yeah, I walk hey, hey, past your bedtime. I gotta
1: walk. Yeah, it's past my, my bed, done. I gotta walk. I I'll play up like I'm. Yeah, no, I'm going to a party. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> You're going straight to bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm right behind you.
1: So. Cool. <laughs> All right, Natalie. Thank you so much for talking to me on the 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 podcast. It's yeah. been uh. Thank
0: you so much for having
1: a treat. Yeah, great advice, great words. Thank you so much, Natalie. Talk to you soon. Okay. Cheers.